everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. Just a reminder, like we always give, this isn't a spoiler-free podcast. There's some stuff we could say in this episode that hints at or directly mentions things that happen in the future of Felicity, and that's how we roll. So just wanted you all to know. Now, I am Melissa, and I'm here with my delightful co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today? Melissa, I am irked. I'm irked. I am I'm ruffled. I'm, I'm slightly annoyed. Um, and we'll get into it. I, uh, I'm going to say it many, 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 many times during the podcast. There's a little bit of music here that I, I, I really can't. I just can't. I can't do it. I understand. I understand. We're going to get into that because uh, I have some things to say about it as well. But what are we going to talk about today? You may be asking fellow listeners. We're going to talk about season two, episode 13. This one's called Truth and Consequences. Not to be confused by the city in New Mexico, Truth or Consequences. This is Truth and Consequences. It originally aired February 13th, 2000, written by Paul Guyo or Paul Guio. I'm sorry, Paul. Um, and directed by Robert M. Williams Jr. Here's the description. Noel and Ruby anxiously await the results of a home pregnancy test. Felicity and Ben begin their community service at the university clinic under the direction of an arrogant boss, Chris Martin, who, who especially irritates Ben. And Julie's demo deal meets opposition from Eric's boss. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's a description. Fish, where did you want to start with this? We have some separate storylines. We have ones that weave together. Where do we go from here? Yeah, they the ones with, uh, with Ruby and Noel and Ben and Felicity all kind of mush together, uh, like partway through. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to kind of leave to the side the Julie, Sean, Eric, Larry stuff uh, and come back to that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let's just go ahead and start with um, this music that I just can't. Yeah, let's not bury the lead, shall we? Yeah, I um, mean, I can't. The this this little tiny bit of piano music that we hear every time Ruby and Noel show up on screen. When, when it happens the first time, I just put music, I have a little question mark, I'm like, Cinderella, Disney, like I'm trying to figure out in my head what it is. It bothers me like a little bit. I, I'm like, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, as we go on, I will put my finger on it and I will continue to dislike it more and more and more. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. Melissa unfortunately had to hear every time it came on, and you go, "Oh my!" <sighs> yeah. So, Felicity fans, you may remember this this little tinkly piano music that we hear is 
uh, a theme that comes up in many, many episodes in the future, not necessarily a specifically Ruby. In fact, it is not a specifically Ruby null theme, although Fortunately, it is used probably five times in this episode and never, it always exactly the same little piece of that music uh, as it always will be. And, you know, I have to say that this episode is one that I think about when I don't love this episode or I haven't in the past. And the, the scenes with Ruby and Noel always felt like melodramatic to me, I want to say, even though it's a very serious topic that they're tackling and it deserves to feel serious. But I always thought, is it the acting that's bad? Like, that's how I felt. That, that's my memory of this episode. And it's why I'm always like, oh, truth and consequences. Um, all right, here we go on a rewatch. And then I think Fish, the way you were reacting to the music really clarified for me why I feel that way. Because every time the music came on and you were like, oh, that music. I was like, oh, that's probably why I wasn't digging the, these scenes before. Like literally thinking back on this episode every time Ruby and Noel come on the screen I just remember thinking oh this is the worst it is the worst it is the worst but I don't think it was I think I was attributing it to the acting before and I'm not sure that's fair no it was it's just the music right so if they had put nothing behind it or something else behind it those scenes might have read okay yeah is that the theory I I think so I think I think it's a little bit the writing sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's mostly the, the music. music. And I will say, for those of you who watch other J.J. Abrams shows, for those of you who watched Lost, Lost did this a lot. I was just saying this to Fish. Lost would do this with specific characters. They'd give a specific musical theme. Um, they'd have it uh, created for that character. And you would often hear that music in the background. And it wasn't always something that you noticed. Sometimes it was just like subtly in the background, um, but it would be like a theme for that character. And that's not what they're doing here. It seems to be that way in this episode, if we just take this episode in isolation, but they're going to use this music in the future, not for Ruby and all. And so I think they just were like, oh, this is cool. We'll use this for Felicity sometimes when we need like, actually they use it for all different kinds of things. <laughs> So I don't even know if I have a specific uh, like vibe to what this theme is for. It's just like your all purpose. We didn't have anything. We didn't have a budget for anything else music um, <laughs> that they throw in here. So, I mean, if they've used it before, I haven't noticed it. I just, it, it was really, really pronounced. They use it like episode. five times in this episode. Yeah. 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 You can't not notice it, unfortunately. All right. Now I'm going to ask a difficult I mean, it may not be that difficult a question, but um, so we open up with this scene and this music, which we have both just clarified is the worst, right? Mm-hmm. Now, would you rather have this opening or a Dear Sally tape? So I was going to say, um, even we went, we started with the where you started first, but I was going to say of the things that were not 
going to talk about in our summary of the episode, we don't have to summarize a Dear Sally tape. Yep. Because Felicity didn't leave one. Now, am I prepared to promise you she'll never leave one again? Well, I better not do that. <laughs> oh, uh, let's see where that got me last time. But feels like they've made a choice. Maybe. 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 I, look, I was gratified by that. <laughs> and I don't want whatever my eventual rating of this episode to be, to be reflective to the writers that they should have had a Dear Sally tape because they shouldn't. <laughs> okay, writers? Um, yes. That didn't answer the question. There was no Sally tape. And I, look, you know, that's my pet peeve. I can't do it. I can't do it with that. So I would, I'm, I'm fine. Okay. We had this. It's not ideal. Better with the music than the Dear Sally tapes. I would take a Dear Sally tape every day of the week over this music. (laughs) Yeah. Fair Uh, enough. Well, it was never your pet peeve, right? That's true. That's fair. I mean, if we look at the sheer number of hours I spent talking about how angry I am about Felicity leaving tapes for somebody who never talks back to her, I think yeah. I think it's fair to say I've left more <laughs> words on the airwaves than you. <laughs> That's fair. Um, oh my goodness! Should we actually talk about the episode itself? I mean, yeah. So we're kind of gonna ignore the music for a moment, and we open up with this scene with Ruby and Knowles sitting together, you know, looking at a home pregnancy test. And, you know, this episode feels a little bit like a couple of the episodes we've seen where it's kind of like uh, educational how to, like, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) we've seen a couple of those mostly in season one and we got into this one and I was like, are they explaining to us everything about this process? They are. They are. They're making it dialogue. Yeah, I mean, they even talk about the diagrams. I mean, Noel is not happy with the graphic design of the woman sitting on the toilet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, We're talking about the nuances of pink and blue. Yeah. They're saying, you know, how long do you have to pee on it? How long do you have to wait? Um, what are other things that could make you, you know, be late? Yeah, there is definitely a little instructional you know think to this now of course it doesn't help any of us today since frankly you hook everything up to your phone uh and you pee on something and through bluetooth it magically tells you like if you're pregnant or not i don't do apps on my phone generally speaking (laughs) so this this all sounds like yeah yeah. why why do we need technology i don't know for that purpose i'm not sure it seems like an extra know. step in that process, but okay. Well, it's also the way COVID tests, some of the COVID tests work. Mm. Okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, but as you can see, this is a a stripped down, you know, uh, I guess early 2000s version of a pregnancy test. Uh, I don't know why she just has one. She's supposed to have like three. Yeah. Um, but they're basically justifying not taking this test. I mean, Ruby's yeah. like, look. This first conversation is like, they're treading, they're like putting their toes in the water and then they back out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, <laughs> this is too much. Ruby, 
lands on like, you know what, maybe it's just stress. Yeah. Um, you know, lots of things for me to be stressed about. Maybe we should just do this later. I will say, um, one thing I don't love about this scene besides the music is so Ruby attributes some of her stress to the fact that she's still, you know, I have to take that czarist costumes quiz. I'm like, wasn't she taking that class last semester? Maybe it's a full year thing. You don't know. No way. It could totally be a full year thing. I mean, there, there are probably at least 50 costumes in museums around the world. That could take up and not even a semester. I look, I don't know. I can only um, think of one class <laughs> that I had in all of college that took a full like two semesters. And it was a Russian language class. It was like ah, an see, intensive Russia. Russian language class. But it was a language class and it was uh I've I never saw any other class, no matter how in-depth the topic was, go for more than a semester. You might uh, have like math, a math engineering. Yeah like um calculus i did have classes that built like you might take a part one and like a part two and a part three or whatever but czarist costumes i i don't know i don't know maybe maybe she failed and she had to retake it oh <laughs> hot take okay yeah could be I mean, but that could be one of the reasons that she's stressed. And so, you know what? Maybe that's the reason I'm late. Like, let's just maybe, let's just do this test later. Let's well, and later. not just that. I mean, she's, she feels like she might be breaking out. Yeah. You know, she's, she's getting some of those, like, signs, like, having some cramps. And Noel just, like, busts out with cramps are fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he is on form uh yeah through much of this episode that's great news yeah yeah um so this is really a teaser i mean we're gonna spend a whole lot of scenes with them on exclusively this topic and they have gone as far as to buy the home pregnancy test and that is as much as they could do in this little chunk of scene that we got yeah uh note that she never does actually go to a doctor and confirm that she's pregnant so look while it was educational ish i would say even in the nine even in i can't say the 90s anymore even in the early 2000s all right you know to use multiple tests and if it comes up and says you're pregnant you go to a doctor and get a blood test so it was not that informative well, thank you, Fish, for adding to the information. The more yes. you know. <laughs> I feel like people people know this stuff and or can use Google today, mm -hmm. but not so much then. Fair enough. Well, so, so we're going to pivot from this to, to your favorite character. My favorite character. I love her so much. Um, <laughs> Pavone, always the busybody, smoking like a chimney cleaning an ashtray yep which i thought at first was like was cleaning the grounds out of a coffee pot but <laughs> or like a but it definitely wasn't that because she put it no. right smack back on her desk so it was like okay yeah. ashtray ashtray like um, a big metal industrial looking yeah. ashtray it was the weirdest looking ashtray but she smokes a lot yes i yeah. think I'm going to totally misinform the audience if I say what I was thinking next, but I can't remember if um, Amy Aquino, 
if she had quit smoking and they were giving her like menthols and it was like making her sick or something, I can't, something like that. But uh, it was unfortunate that this character smoked so much for the actor who played her. Um, Try not inhaling. Yeah. Pavone definitely smokes a lot. So like like every scene, it's like, okay, so I smoke and I have a conversation. Great. That's pretty similar to every other scene. Um, This time, Ben and Felicity are both in her office. So we pull back from Pavone cleaning out this ashtray and we see that those two people are sitting in front of her. And this is a session where she's going to dish out their punishment. Yep. And she starts off uh, saying, you guys are lucky, you know, uh, even though we have a zero tolerance policy, we are going to have like a ton of tolerance <laughs> with you guys. Yeah. And, uh, and Dean Allison is not going to make an example out of you. Yeah. And, uh, and Ben, true to form, is like, whatever, this, like it was swimming. It's not a big deal. And he's not taking it seriously. Dr. Bone calls him out. She's like, no, it's not just swimming. You were drunk. He's like, nobody got hurt. Felicity obviously taking this much more seriously. She's like, Ben's not talking. He's not talking. He's not yeah, talking. Just, I see her yeah. thinking that. And um, we're realizing how much leeway Pavone actually has here because the punishment is going to be 50 hours of community service in this semester and continued sessions with her. And she apparently set the number 50. I don't know if she set everything or if it was just the number 50, um, but she certainly has some flex room here if she doesn't, you know, to pressure them, <laughs> like to get Ben yeah. to stop talking. So, yeah. well, at least to change his tone. Yeah. 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 And she's better. Like, yeah. Like I can change that number if you keep doing this. Yeah. Being your, doing your Ben shenanigans. Yeah. And I enjoyed, you know, that the continued glimpse into Ben as she says that because he does, he does shut his mouth. Um, but like anything, you know, he just, he doesn't seem to like authority, which I fully get given his relationship with his father. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't think it's a big deal. He thinks it's stupid. He doesn't care. Uh, he's really only there because of Felicity. So he's putting up with a lot of stuff for Felicity. And I'll say, you know, relationship, not in the romantic term, but like, friendship or what that could be he's he's putting up with a lot for her so I do think we're gonna well I'm sure we'll unpack it a lot more as we go through this episode because we are going to get more of the Ben Pavone dynamic but I think you know something that I like about what they've done with their scenes is that they are taking a little bit of time with the trust building between those characters um Ben doesn't really have quite the same. I mean, Felicity meets Pavone and her finds out her parents are splitting up and like, there's really like a red hot issue to deal with there with Ben. I think there's sort of a slower burn on this. He's got 
uh, challenges in front of him. Pavone sees that. She recognizes what they are fairly quickly, or at least a couple of them. And I do think it's kind of interesting to see the dance that she goes through with his character, who is obviously far more reluctant to enter her office and not very trustful over of the process overall. Yeah, I mean, she, I think she, we will get into it. She takes some similar approaches, some different approaches with them. And it is interesting to see. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I am liking it. But one of the things that she says here is, okay, here's the list of community service jobs you can do. You choose. You pick what you want to do. She only takes one off the table that's already full. And she says, go with your gut. Go with your heart's desire choose yeah sad the humane society one was already taken which is definitely the one i would have picked because who doesn't want to like that's probably why it was full dish yeah yeah all the dogs and the kitties and i get when we're cleaning cages and stuff fine don't care um we still get to pet them sometimes i have worked with humane society yeah well so, okay, the next time we're going to see these two, Felicity and Ben, they're having a one-to-one conversation. They, I guess they've just left Pavone's office, or it's another conversation after that. And, well, first of all... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I heard your groan. Oh, my goodness. What does Ben say about Javier? Who cares? He says his name right. Yeah. And then he... he Pats himself on the back for saying Javier's name right. It's like, yeah, this was never a thing. Yeah. Like you have said in every other episode except for one. Yeah. Uh, Just stop it. Yeah. Uh, And then there was something that you noticed that he said the word anything. Right? Yeah, said, later in this conversation, he says the word, he says anything a couple times in this episode. I was listening for it and he says it properly. So, But um, here's a little fun fact. I looked at the script and it's actually written anything. Interesting. Without the G and a little apostrophe there. Interesting. So, so they sub- built it into the script and he wasn't even executing it. <laughs> yes. Yep. Wild. They were just know. setting up for their next joke. Is what they Apparently, were doing. They yeah. were like, hey, we know in the future Fish and Melissa are going to come down on us hard for him <laughs> never having said Javier ever before the episode where we fix it. Um, oh. Okay. <laughs> that is a fun fact. Yeah. Oh, boy. But we're seeing... Look, Ben is... Ben is taking a certain approach with Felicity here. First thing, he asks her about her dad. Who thankfully we don't have to see in this episode. Yeah, we've seen a lot of him. Recently. Yeah, I can, I can take a break from that guy. Yeah. So here's Ben, like, hey, let's talk. Yeah, like, you know? uh, like emotions, like they are really getting deep about something they have in common. I was like, wow. And they're nice. not. He's not like shining a bright light on the fact that he's doing it. I mean, remember, this is not being able to have conversations like this is why Felicity broke up with the guy in the first place because she wanted to be able to have conversations like this. So it's not like he's coming up to her saying, how's your dad? Did you notice? I asked you about your dad. (laughs) Like, 
this conversation is playing out. He's opening up space for her to talk. She's taking it and face value. That is the end of it. Right. Like, so I don't know. It's like, it's like maybe the, the slow methodical, if we just start having conversations about it, maybe. It seems, seems, at least to me, it it doesn't come off as manipulative in any way Mm -hmm. it comes off as he has recognized he is now open to this Mm. and so let's let's go ahead and have the conversations i don't feel like like he's coming at it from that perspective of okay let me you know have a deep conversation and and hopefully get an attaboy for it right i mean maybe well, I do think this transition happened for him with the Maggie relationship, but you know, at, there came a point in his relationship with Maggie where he was like, can we just talk? And she's yeah. like, no, <laughs> must have really hot sex instead. Yeah. And he's like, no, not again. And I guess he started to realize he was valuing it. Yeah. I don't know if he would self assess that he values it as much as he thinks Felicity does, but Hey, he opens up this conversation saying, how's your dad? You know, the one who's splitting up with him. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's obviously a, a sore topic, but he's asking, knowing there could be a rough answer to it. And but he also has experience with it and she knows that. So yeah, it's a good thing for him to, to talk to her about because. And I'm glad they're connecting about this topic actually, yeah. because they probably I don't know who Ben's talked to about his parents splitting up, really. You know, like they both probably have some insight or can can bond over that in some way. I mean, there's there's validation and reassurance and knowing somebody else who's going through a similar problem. He's a little further. He's a a lot further ahead. And, you know, in the process and also like when he found out his parents are splitting up, there was probably a big part of him that was like, thank goodness, finally. Yeah. And for the part Felicity, that said, thank goodness, finally, finally on the phone. Yeah. yeah. And for Felicity, this came totally out of the blue. So they're in different states emotionally and their parents are in different places with their, with their breakups, but the pro, you know, it's, it's still a path that they can talk about. Um, yeah. I will say I'm, I don't know how I'm feeling about uh, what seems to be a little convenient after this episode, but Mm -hmm. so we've got in season one, Ben's relationship with his father allows him to connect with Julie, right? Mm -hmm. Over her, um, her rape. And he has this, you know, he can provide this wisdom and advice. And now his parents have split up just the same way that Felicity's have. And to be discussed later, he got a girl pregnant in high school the way no, I mean, it's like, is it a little convenient that he like can relate to everyone? Yeah. With him relating to Noel, which we'll talk about in a bit, he partially relates um, we're going to find out more about that in a future episode, but he, you know, um, he relates to getting a girl pregnant, whether he relates yeah. to anything else is, I, I don't know, but, um, well, and 
she she had an abortion, I believe. He sent that. Uh, yes. He's going to have a longer conversation with Noel about this in the future. Okay. Former, you know, young Ben made different choices than Noel's about to make. He had different options in front of him than what Noel's about to have. So, like, it's... um. It's not directly parallel situations exactly, but at this moment, it appears to be. And so he does relate on that level. But I, feel like, I feel like he does a lot of relating in this episode. So but yeah. it's, it's good. He's having this conversation with Felicity and, you she know. She makes it a point that, um, like, because he's asking, you know, how things are going with the dad. And she's like, it's just so, it's so strange, like, to they're just they're separate people now and ben's agreeing with that he's you know it is strange to see your parents as separate people instead of a unit um so that's something that they both identify with and then they get down to business where are you doing your community service ben because mm-hmm. i'm doing mine at the health center where i always wanted to because i was pre-med and it makes total sense for me Mm-hmm. She's like, then what are you going to do? He's like, you know, same thing for me, the health center, because I've always wanted to. And Felicity's like, stop it. <laughs> but, you know, he won't. He's he is going to, in fact, follow through with that. You know, here's the thing about Felicity in this episode. So Ben is in the many conversations that Ben and Felicity have in this episode, Ben is dropping so many hints that he's into Felicity, not, not saying I like you, I'm into you, but there's so many things he says, which is like, Oh, come on. Like, like it's, it's, and this is one of them where if she wanted to give it a moment's thought, she'd be like, where is this even coming from? I don't think she does want to give this a moment's thought right now. She's got a lot going on in her life. And so all of these very clear like he's pursuing her (laughs) in a in as non-threatening a way as he can but he's there all the time he's around and he's doing things that she's doing and he's making choices to be around her and i don't think she has the bandwidth to think about this um and so i don't know on what level she's registering it and and i don't know what's going to happen in in the future episodes what it feels like is he is adrift and he is clinging to Felicity mm-hmm. really kind of for the second time, right? Mm-hmm. The first time was when they got robbed mm-hmm. and, and he really clung to her. And now he's, he's kind of out, out there. And I feel like she is, she is becoming a constant in his life that he can depend on mm-hmm. and is, is reaching out for her in that way. And while I do think there there are indications that it could be romantic, I don't think, at least in this episode, it comes off as, as smitten Ben. Okay. Like we don't see that smile that he got earlier, like when he was getting her to the pool and all that kind of stuff. and. Um, but I definitely feel like it's a deepening of the relationship, whether that is on a friendship level first, whether he's thinking of it being romantic and maybe changing his mind a little bit later and thinking more about it. I think we have a much more thoughtful Ben in this episode, which I mm-hmm. really like. 
Yeah. And I like what, what Dr. Pavone does to bring that out of him. Yeah. Um, and to sort of give him a task to be, yeah, to be better, to be a better Ben. Um, I do agree. Like we're seeing, and this is why, you know, some episodes back, I was like, Ben's on a journey here. Um, this is part of that journey. He's, he's, he has some growing to do. It's in the container of like this relationship with Felicity, but he has some growing to do that's becoming obvious on its own. And so the deepening that like you're saying that there's a deepening happening in this relationship. And I feel that it's a little bit more one-sided right now. I feel like Ben has work to do, but he's doing it with Felicity in mind. I think Felicity has work to do and she's just doing her work. And Ben happens to be there, but I don't know if the moments they're having are hitting the two of them the same way. I think it's more intentional on his side, but I also think that, you know, for example, with the conversation we were just talking about, she is also having conversations with him Mm -hmm. that are useful to her in her own journey. And so whether that registers with her or not, you know, I'm not sure. Um, but I absolutely agree that he he's being very intentional. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, the next time we see them, they'll be together again at the health center. And um, aren't we, don't we have a, a Ruby? Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Oh, we have, so we do have a Ruby Knoll um remember we all seen yes and here is where i figured out the music i was like i think it sounds like a music box like one of those ones with the little ballerina in it that lines up it's not quite that but it sounds like it could be a variation of that music yeah closer to that than disney which is where i was originally going and they're once again going to explain why elena's not in this episode at all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Elena's out with her sexy new lab partner. He's like, oh, stop saying why? that. And she she hates it. And Janelle's like, I know. That's why I say it. Um, we will get we Elena that? in her storyline soon. I promise. Okay. I guess. I mean, I guess I'll believe you. But like, but shame all on we've this show. seen so far is like two seconds of them in the last episode getting a little, getting a little antsy. I want to see you. Elena and her new. I think that's totally fair. I think shame on this show because, okay, if you think about like the call sheet here, Felicity is probably one. Maybe Ben's two, maybe Noel's three, or maybe the reverse of that. I think it's reverse because Noel got the Ann Scott Foley at the end. Mm, Okay, that's kind of a the prestigious end credit. It's hard to hard to evaluate that. Julie is probably four. As far as I can tell, Elena would be five. Am I wrong about that? Like at this point? I mean, at this point, I think Sean might be five. Right. So, but I mean, I think really, I think actually Sean and Megan are below Elena on the call sheet in terms of characters in actuality, but they're treating Elena. Yeah. Like she's like nine. I I, I don't know. It's so weird to me. If Elena is in the top five, how how can you not develop five <laughs> storylines? <laughs> and it's not even developing five storylines because Felicity always seems to be matched up with one of these guys, right? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. 
like mm-hmm. Felicity is even Felicity having other love interests or like David as a love interest there was that was still pulling Nolan so that is a really overstatement I really don't like it when David and the word interest or interesting are in the same sentence fighting words um but like how could they not okay in like i agree i I agree episodes 100 percent, 100 percent. so bananas i'm taking the the show to task for this we want elena yeah with more to say than i support you felicity yeah you know what i would have liked i was thinking about this the other day fish i if they had if they just needed to spin their wheels with Elena, if they weren't totally sure where they were going, you know what I really would have wanted to see? Elena trying out different chemistry lab partners. <laughs> I would like have interviewing been them there for that. Yeah. Like we yes. saw Gwen, who was a disaster. Yes. I'll go get the beaker. <laughs> like, yes. can you imagine? Like, if they had oh. nothing else for her to do, could we have just seen like, Elena working her way through four or five different lab partners <laughs> over the course of the first half of season two. Uh, uh, yeah. And maybe trying to get rid of, uh, I, I forgot what his name is, Donald Faison, whatever his name is in the show, trying to like get rid of him and mm-hmm. him like being the one who sticks. Like he just won't leave. Mm-hmm. You mean Blair? No, Donald Faison's character. Who we just met? Yeah. Okay. What's his what's his name? Tracy. The sex Tracy. Yes. So Tracy, like she she interviews like all these people and then Tracy's too sexy. So she's trying to get rid of him and he just won't go. Guys, can we just Right? Oh, somebody get Tangie Miller on the phone. Can we, the, her, whatever rules there were behind her contract must be up by now. We need web series we need vengeance we need we need justice for tangible yes. yes and we just came up with i think a plausible <laughs> idea there's comedy there's yep. love there's mm-hmm. it's all built in yeah i'm oh, come on i'm loving it this isn't loving. even our job okay so <laughs> um i want to go back in time and pitch this but we can't but we did it now and maybe maybe just maybe yeah and we were having a whole conversation before this about whether time travel is real so like if it is and you know in some alternate reality we have gone back in time and changed this for you you're welcome yeah i just want to you know in terms of like behind the scenes of the podcast for those (laughs) of you who wanted to know you know, all of you, how long these runtimes on our podcast episodes are getting. I mean, we're, we're, we're closing on four hours sometimes. Before we record the podcast, we watch the episode together. We spend, I don't know, like half an hour or more prepping. And then we start talking. Well, before we did any of that today, we spent like an hour and a half talking about aliens, aliens. and time travel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we do talk about other things. We talked about relationships. We talked about family. That's true. But we didn't like, spend a whole hour and a half on aliens and time travel. But we spent a good portion of it. It was a good part of it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, you you often are getting a relatively unfiltered version of our friendship. 
like on this podcast as we <laughs> argue about things like the fact that there you know there was a peppermint but it was also an optical illusion yeah hmm. okay <laughs> yeah. yep it's unfiltered yep. that's what you're getting yep. should we go back to the podcast itself so they're... They really want blue. They are yeah. they are so <laughs> into the color blue, which means no baby, like no baby, like no baby, no baby, no baby. Yeah, the blue just, is the color you want when you're not yes. pregnant. And they're thinking of blue things. Anything blue. Blueberries. Yes. The sky. Cheese. Mold uh, sometimes. Mold. <laughs> yeah yeah they've got the whole the whole list and they like run out of things to to think of that are blue like noel taps barely. out after like two things yeah really yeah. shortly yeah um it was his idea sure was and you know unfortunately it's pink it's pink yeah and we find out because i really like the way they did this i mean it doesn't reflect well on noel but the way they shot this was Ruby is staring at the strip as is Noel mm -hmm. and she just starts to cry. Yeah. They never and say it's pink and nope. they never show you that it's pink. You nope. just watch their faces. Well, she starts to cry and Noel says, is it, is there a little like tint or hue of a blue around the edge? And she just says no. And she leans back on the couch and she kind of curls into herself and the couch and just cries. I mean, it kind of broke my heart. Yeah. And Noel is in denial. He, she does not lean on him. She does not hug him. She does not do what we saw earlier, which is say everything's going to be okay because he's around mm -hmm. she really kind of crumples into herself and he after continuing to stare at the strip for a while just turns his head and kind of looks at her like he's he kind of no help frozen it's like uh yeah. it's like we're watching him have an out-of-body experience yeah he kind of can acknowledge that she's right there next to him on the couch crumpled up and crying but he can't like do anything about her he, yeah he's just sort of like he's in shock he's in yeah. denial and shock yeah and i think you're right i mean i think looking at this particular scene because at this point in watching the episode this time i was sort of clued in that maybe the music is the issue and so when i watched this scene i was like no i think their acting is good yeah i thought this was great I mean, the um, music was driving me insane already. Yeah. But I really like the way they did this. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, folks, what did, what did you all think of these scenes? I'm curious. Um, but that's, that's where we leave them at this moment. There's certainly going to be a lot more to unpack with them. Uh, they're going to go on quite a journey in this episode of exploring what happens next. But for the moment, we're going to go back to the health center. Yeah. So I am going to say something that maybe probably will be a little controversial here. Um, so I did look at the script and saw that his name was Greg, mm -hmm. the guy who like runs the center. Mm -hmm. 
Um, first of all, <laughs> kind of enjoying his hair, even though it's like insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but my understanding from the internet in the, the small number of things that I have seen and read, Greg is not beloved. <laughs> Greg, Greg does not seem like he is going to be someone who everyone cheers for. I will say in this first episode, yes, he is a total dick, but I kind of like him. So we might be, maybe everybody's going to hate listening to our podcast for the next, like, I don't know, however many episodes, but I also, so. Wait, wait, do we agree on something? We agree. Okay. So I'm going to. Probably not for the same reason. Well, I, I, um, hmm, how to put this. Based on. This apparently isn't as hot take of a thought as I thought it was based on what you just said, but I really like the Greg stuff because of a couple things. Um, and both of which you're already starting to see it really irks Ben and it <laughs> yeah. catalyzes him in this episode. All we saw was that Ben was pissed off at Greg. Like he does not like Greg. But it's going, Ben not liking Greg is going to catalyze Ben in a way that we kind of need, or some of us might need. So I like that. And I also like that we're seeing through Felicity's interaction with Greg, the way Felicity is shifting. Yeah. She's not putting up with any of his crud. Like Felicity, even from the get-go here, is like, I know you're in an authority position. Here's what I think. Yep. Stop treating me like this. And she makes Greg back down in yeah. this episode. So like, I, I like what, I like that this character is coming in right now after David. Yeah, who was really... Well, and also, like, I think Felicity was seeing there wasn't anything to stand up for, for most of her, what we saw of her relationship with David, like David was kind of malleable. She did stand up for herself after the really bad first date. And then after that, they actually were like really um, boring. Like they had adult conversations and like mature uh, working out of topics. Okay, fine. Um, (laughs) I like that she had that. I like that she saw that David was giving her what she had kind of asked for from Ben and that it actually wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And then now we're meeting this guy, Greg, who's in a position of authority. Which we know she likes given Noel. True. And um, her dynamic with him is already different. It's like bringing out something a little bit different from her than what we've, than what she's had to hone with, with her past relationships. So this presence of this guy is like already drawing out in her. Uh, I don't know. Something that maybe she needs to develop in herself. Yeah. So I, I didn't know the Ben stuff for the future, but I absolutely agree on the Felicity side. I like, 
the way that she is dealing with him. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, yes, he is super condescending. Mm-hmm. He does not particularly want these two people, you know, with him at first. Yeah. He's running this thing, health center and he he makes his position really clear where he's like, Com serves aren't volunteers. You're here because you have to be here. And his experience, I guess, with com serves, as he calls them in the past, is that they don't care about a health center. And he does. He cares about helping the people at the health center and he feels like the com serves usually don't. But And this is what I kind of like about him. I mean, yes, he still shouldn't be a jerk, but here's the thing. You know, I I work in nonprofits, <laughs> you know, I'm around a lot of social workers and, you know, these jobs are really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. There is never enough time. There is never enough funding. There are never enough people. There are always, there's never enough staff and there are always too many people to help. And you do get these people who come in and like volunteer especially in like disaster situations that just get in the way, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to like a doctor or something like that. You're like, I can use that. Um, you know, you have people coming in who are doing community service or like are court mandated and it's, oh, it, it can be very trying when you already don't have the time and resources to help people because yeah. every second you're spending trying to deal with these other people and giving them computers and like giving them space and paying overhead, like you are also taking money and time and resources away from the people you're supposed to help. So I get him being a bit of a dick. And the other thing that I really like about him is how great he is with the patients because we mm-hmm. then see him later with Nolan Ruby. He's awesome and with he them. He is amazing. Yeah. So I, I from this first introduction, I am not hating on Greg. Yeah. I mean everything that you've noticed about Greg is stuff that I appreciate I appreciate about his character. And I also on these Felicity Streets on Instagram have noticed that there's not a lot of love for Greg. A lot of people aren't a fan, but I just, and my opinion may change. I don't know, but this is like first reaction. But the thing is, if you're willing to have, if you're willing to, um, put this backstory yourself onto Greg in this episode where we have no context for him, then I think you'll be okay. You know, like we're going to certainly see more of this type of like, they're going to pull these threads more with him. And they're also going to show us a little bit more about what he's dealing with at the health center. And they're, you know, like they're going to give us some things that show that show um, what he's really forging in the world. And so I think, I think Greg is all of this. I think he's complicated. and. He's got a lot on his shoulders and he is, you know, sometimes he knows how to turn on the bedside manner. Sometimes he doesn't. He does in a way in this conversation with Felicity and Ben, where he's sort of giving them an orientation of the, of, of the center. um, It almost feels like 
he is being that professor in school that like likes to weed out the kids who aren't as inter- like who aren't as committed. It's mm-hmm. like, well, if this is how I need to be in the first conversation to get somebody like a Ben to quit on their own mm-hmm. while keeping a Felicity who is interested to be there, then maybe that is his best move. Um, I don't know. But I also am willing to have compassion. I really like the, I, I really like his presence in these episodes and how he drives story. Although I don't always love the stories themselves, but I love how, how um, it forces the show not to be static. Yeah. I don't know. He's an interesting character to bring in because of what he brings out in other characters, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as I said, I like what he's doing with Felicity. I like what he's doing with his hair. And uh, I don't know. I, I also thought that he he was very pragmatic. You know, he's like, I don't really need you guys around. I don't want you around. And then Ben was like, I know Excel. And he was like, okay, cool. You can do stuff. Well, Great. let's talk about how we got there. So Greg right, so is sort of walking them through. And he says, okay, so you can answer the phones. Uh, I'd say your guys are probably not up for records. And Ben's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? <laughs> what do you mean I'm not up for it? And Ben Greg's like, well, it's Excel. It's kind of complicated. It's data entry. And it's so funny to think Excel was complicated data entry. Um, I know. I was wow. thinking that. Um, but here we are. It's 2000, right? So uh Okay, so he's he's basically telling Ben, you can't do this. And uh, Ben's like, no, 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 no. I know Excel. I used to work with it for my dad's office. And... Yeah, and I was thinking in my head, there's no way he knows Excel. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way. Ben doesn't read as a guy who knows Excel already. Well, um, I'm also thinking he's, he's it's in front of Felicity, and Greg is an authority figure who he, you know, he already doesn't like authority figures like yeah and you know he doesn't like that greg it feels like greg's belittling him right from the (laughs) get-go you know so he's he's gonna puff up his chest a little bit and be like no no i got this excel yeah i'm on it (laughs) and uh so you know greg hands him a bunch of files like great go enter the files which is probably more if you really were going to do this task you'd probably give him a bit more like a here's where the file is ben sort of conversation <laughs> it's called planky blank dot xls <laughs> um, but okay whatever greg walks away and ben just turns to felicity he's like love that guy <laughs> <laughs> i love ben with greg i love uh... ben with greg um it makes me so happy. So he, so Ben is going to not continue here, but somehow he's going to continue to see Greg. Uh, well, okay. Look, look, well, yeah. Um, because he's part of Felicity's world and Ben's part of, wants to be part of Felicity's world. Right. So Felicity's at the okay. health center. So, so Ben's just going to be stopping by the health center. Get a few just... more of those condoms, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, well, we're going to switch gears here for a moment back to uh, the music. Ruby and all the music. Uh, I feel like we're just getting like snippets of conversations now with them. Um, this one, 
the main gist of it is Ruby's like, well, maybe I should keep it. Yeah, they start off, um, they, they're just, Ruby seems depressed. She seems sad. She doesn't want anything. Noel seems like he doesn't know what to do. So he just keeps trying to offer her things like tea and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's not what she's thinking about. She's, her mind is fully absorbed with, you know, maybe I should keep this, this baby. And Noel has a very interesting reaction to that. He's, well, his dialogue here is sort of the pragmatics of it. Okay, how? How would you do that? Like, are you going to, would you quit school? Would you get a job? What job would you get that would pay for you and a kid? Um, So he's like coming at it from a practical standpoint. Practical, but I really felt like he was trying to talk her out of it. Yeah, maybe. His mind, like this is not possible, Mm -hmm. you know? So he's, it felt like he was putting a lot of pressure on her to answer all these questions after she just found out. And she's not really rising to it. You know, she's not saying you know, she's not really trying to answer the question. She's like, you know, I I get a job. Like you're saying, I'm not smart enough. Or he's like, no, that's not what I was saying. I'm just saying you're 18. Mm -hmm. How are you going to get a job that's going to pay for this kid? Yeah. And, and what he is successful in doing is getting her, you know, back to that moment of, I just don't want to be pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to have to answer all these questions. Yeah. And that's what they give us in this clip of a scene. They're we're, they're just sort of taking us on the journey of the thought process that these two are going through. This conversation is one of those pieces, but we can see that Ruby is, it's, it's not an open and shut case for her. What's what she's going to do. Yeah, and I'm just disappointed, I guess, in Noel because I he reacted, you know, so well when she first brought it up. He was like, it's going to be okay, everything's fine. And now that it's real, he's just so much less supportive. I mean, and he's going through his own thing, you know, I... He's processing it in his own way, but he is not there for her. Yeah. And I'm, I imagine that it does play out this way sometimes, probably a lot. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's, he's, he's grappling with it. I mean, look, I'm at a, not that I've experienced everything every character has ever experienced on this show. A lot of this is really far out of my frame of reference. So I I can only imagine being in their shoes and they're dealing with the same issue, but they probably have different ways of looking at it. And Noel's mind went straight to the practicalities and, you know, Ruby is thinking about this in a different way. Yeah. She's, she's reacting. I don't want to just say emotionally because I don't think she's, reacting overly emotionally, but she's Mm -hmm. taking 
There's she's like an intuitiveness. Own, yeah. She's yeah. taking her own pulse. She's, she's checking in with herself and she's, she's staying on top of how she's feeling. Yeah. So I, I think that's good. And, you know, something they really haven't said at, at this point or really ever in this episode is like, these two haven't even really been dating that long, you know? And most of the time she's long distance. Yeah. yeah. She was in California. So it's, it's really tricky because they had not made a, like, they're they're certainly exclusive in their relationship and they had gone back oh. to LA together for the holidays. I mean they were exclusive except Noel definitely kissed Felicity. Mm, true. So there's they're they're calling each other boyfriend and girlfriend. It's been murky. They did go we you know we haven't seen a lot of them since uh they spent the holidays together. And it seems like that was a time when they were probably recommitting to each other, but we didn't get to see what that looked like. So for us, what we've seen of them has been casual, you know, early days of a relationship and then long distance relationship. Yeah. You know what I'm missing from this part of the story so far is the how did this happen? Or the, oh, this is when this happened, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's usually a question. It's like, oh, you're pregnant. Like, when slash how did that happen? Put a pin on that one, Fish. Oh, all right. Is the, is Felicity going to give me another, like, gift in, in the form of things that I want? Yes. Lovely. All right, so it's not here yet. It's coming. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, we as an audience are going to be treated to meeting creepy Lloyd. Mm -hmm. Not the only time we'll see Lloyd, but he's pretty much always like this. We're back at the clinic. Felicity is manning the front desk, answering the phones. Lloyd comes up. He's not a student, but he is a hypochondriac who obviously <laughs> comes around the health center on a regular basis. This time, is he maybe a hemophiliac? Is that what's maybe. happening here? I mean, he had a nosebleed, so maybe. Mm -hmm. His nosebleed seems to have stopped, so I'm guessing no. But I <laughs> well, what were you going to say about Felicity? I mean, Felicity, she doesn't know. She's like, uh, what? Um, who are you? Uh, and then I just love that, like, Greg comes right in with his, he's just like, sup, Lloyd, you know, you can't be here. All right. See you later, man. I feel like he makes the little, like, uh, like a, a sign off motion, the little, I just feel like that's the kind of thing he would do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then he gets to be condescending and gets, gets down to it again. Mm-hmm. Greg is thinking about, you know, what to assign to Felicity here. He's like, I mean, can you handle picking up flyers? Felicity's like, picking up flyers? Of course. Like, I'm not an idiot. Well, it's not that she can't handle it. It's that the comm serves, since they don't want to be there, take forever. Right? Yeah. They're just, they go to pick up a flyer. 
then they get some coffee on their way back and maybe they stop to do a little shopping and can you just not can you just get the flyers and come back <laughs> and yeah she's she gives her a line i might be a concert but i'm not an idiot and then she's like stop calling me a concert i'm felicity yeah by the way my name is the name of the show yeah that you are on yeah Figure it out. Figure out who's number one on the call sheet, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So now she's been given her assignment to go pick up these flyers and nothing else. And uh, she she just stops by Ben's desk yep. before she goes, just checking on how he's doing. Looks over. Ben's playing a computer game. Yeah. It looked a little like Tetris-ish. Oh, something. Yeah. He does not... No Excel. No, no, that was that was the confirmation. Yeah. But she saw coming <laughs> a mile away. And Felicity's like, but you said you did. He's like, well, I don't. Greg was just so Greg was just so condescending. I couldn't with him. Yeah. She's like, Ben. <laughs> That's all she could do, right? Like, Ben. Yeah. I know. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Oh man, that Ben. Oh. But we are going to see a pretty different side to Greg in the next scene that we see him in, which is what you had just been referencing. Noel and Ruby are now at the center. Everybody's at the center. Uh, it's a new set piece. We're loving it. Yeah. And Greg is in the middle of doing an intake with them for which I don't know if Greg would be doing that, but they have him doing that here, which I think is good because we see a softer side of Greg. Um, he's doing an intake because they're looking into doing an abortion procedure. Yeah. And he's, you know, following the law and saying, I have to ask, you're, you're here of your own volition. There's mm-hmm. like a ton of forms for you to fill out, which always fun. Uh, and this is another place where the episode gets a kind of, uh, bordering on just like educational. He's like, do you have any questions? And they're like, we do. We have five. <laughs> Question number one. Like <laughs> they go through, um, I don't know. They go through questions and he gives them stats and he gives them answers and he he's reassuring them, but he is also, I don't know. It feels like one of one of the many times in this show that happened more in season one, but it's happening in this episode too, where they're like giving you like uh what's the word that I want not subtext but they're 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 explaining information there it's like a PSA yeah within the dialogue of the scene um so he's I don't know he's trying to reassure them and I think to his credit he's got a good bedside manner yes I do I really liked him you know assuming this is the way he is with the patients in general um i liked him here i liked him with lloyd um seems like he just there's a little bit of a role with it there's a little bit of you know empathy i mean they they do they ask a couple of questions right they're like will it hurt and is it safe so mm-hmm. he answers their questions and then he goes a step further which i think is important and says, look, I, you know, I can answer these type of questions. What I can't do is tell you to actually have an abortion, right? Like, this is not something that I can weigh in on, you know, 
you guys are are here. This is, you know, he says, be sure. And he he even goes as far as to say, like, being sure is often one of the most difficult parts of this process. Yeah. Um, like, and that's on you. You know, like, that, yeah. So he, yeah, I think he says the things that he needs to say. He gets, he gets some signatures on some forms and then he does something that's a kind of a, a pivotal plot point here, I guess, in this episode, although it's a small action, he hands the form mm. to Ben to enter it into Excel. Who has seen Ruby and Noel. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, we get this shot of Greg and Ruby and Noel in a separate room having their privacy and then unfortunately walking out in the hallway right in front of Ben and signing the files and the forms that then Greg hands to him. I mean, I would guess their names were on the forms anyway, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but so I, mean, I think still. either way, but they're making it really clear to us, like not only has Ben seen them, but now he knows what they're there for because he's seen the form itself. And so Ben has information now that he wouldn't otherwise have. And I'm hoping, yeah. And and I am hoping that, I mean, I'm almost positive that he and Felicity, if they're dealing with patient files, which kind of shouldn't be, um, that to be HIPAA compliant, I mean, they should have had to sign all kinds of like, we're not going to talk about this. We're not going to share your information, et cetera, et cetera. So kind of feel well, like this is not really a job for, for a volunteer. Yeah, probably not. I mean, to, uh, I guess my, this probably still breaks all kinds of violations, but like, the or breaks all kinds of rules but i mean ben the only person he has a conversation with about this is noel still um felicity the only person she has a conversation about this with is noel but or uh, yeah and but because ruby told her right um so this thing with ben is the stickiest point here ben isn't blabbing it all over town but he does go back to noel to have a conversation about it um, which he otherwise wouldn't have had this information. Noel and Ben aren't specifically close enough that this would have been something Ben would have found out any other way. Yep. Yep. Um, so it was weird to see them together and I know we'll get to that next, but. Or soon. Um, yeah. Cause we're still at the clinic and Greg's going to be looking for Ben. Ben's, uh, Greg's frustrated. Yeah. Ben did no work. Not the day before. And uh, Greg's going to have a really big ask of Felicity here. Yeah. I mean, he, sa- he comes out and he says, look, I don't have a problem with you, Felicity. I get it. You want to be here. Ben doesn't. And I, I have to take you, him. Like, I have to take the commissars. You, on the other hand, uh, as his friend, can just ask him to leave and i like that felicity is like no he's my friend i'm not doing that i won't nope yep yep she stands up to greg she's like 
Look, you have a conversation with him. It's not like he can't have a disciplinary conversation with the guy. Yeah, he. she's like, it's your problem. You deal with it. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And good on you. Good yeah. job. Of course, I mean, next time we see Ben. Well, so I like the juxtaposition here of her setting a very clear boundary. And in the next scene, Ben violating a very clear boundary. Yeah. This is tough. This is a tough scene, I think, for a lot of reasons. I mean, there's the should Ben even be having this conversation problem? No. Um, But then also, like, it's also from a story standpoint, it's a big gesture. Um, And one that makes Noel really defensive, but it's like such a big move for Ben to reach out. So it's it's like so interesting. I kind of didn't understand why he did it. Um, He doesn't strike me as the type to reach out. Like when he went to speak to Julie, he had to be like prodded into it. Like someone had to be like, this is all the stuff that's happening with Julie right now and like lay it all out for him. And, and it took him some time and then he went over and this, it's like, he read a file, a confidential medical file. And this feels like something Felicity would do. No. Cause I think even in the Julie situation, it didn't actually take that long for Ben to take action when he found out. Cause he had a conversation with Felicity after Felicity had been reamed out by Julie for telling Noel and Felicity was very uncomfortable to tell Ben anything. So Ben approaches, he's like, I've been hearing some things about Julie and Felicity is just speaking to him with her eyes. And he's like, should I talk to Zach? And she looks at him with that puzzled look. And he's like, wait, it wasn't Zach. And she just like gives him a look that confirms it. And Ben figured out everything he needed to know from there. And I think the very next time we saw him, he went to Julie's room. Okay. Um, Maybe it's not that out of character. I think, I mean, have we seen it outside of that? I don't know. Um, Well, I mean, Noel certainly isn't a friend, right? mm -hmm. So Ben is going out on a limb here. And again, like in the context of this episode, you know, we are seeing Ben checking in with Felicity about her dad um, and, you know, the slump we were seeing Ben being a bouncing board for Felicity at the basketball court when, you know, they were talking about maybe going on a trip and then he figured out what she was really running from Um I think we're seeing a Ben that's more capable of doing this, but there's certainly a lot of baggage in that, in that relationship with Noel. That's never been resolved, right? Like, have we ever seen, it doesn't seem to be much of an issue in this conversation, right? And the baggage part doesn't seem like, I, I don't think his past relationship, their past relationships with Felicity are are gonna hold Ben back because it is a conversation about Noel impregnating another woman. Yeah. I mean eh. the you know, on the face of it, Ben goes to Epstein Bar, he finds Noel drinking. He knows why Noel's drinking. Yep. And what he's trying to drink away. And Ben goes up 
and he sits down and he approaches Noel and he starts this conversation. And if you're Ben in this situation and you know you're going to have this conversation, I'm not sure how Ben could have done it differently to be more delicate. Yeah. But Noel was also not in the place for this. Noel was defensive. And I see why both of them were the way they were in this conversation. Ben is like gentle, gentle. He's like, okay, I know what's going on with you and Ruby. And I just wanted you to know the same thing once happened to me. And I get how I get, you know, your life totally changes course and it's, it's rough in your own head. And I get that. And he kind of lets it hang there and Noel does not take it. Well, I don't know how Ben could have softened it anymore. Well, he, I found it again, telling that Ben did, you know, Ben did have to explain how he knew. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, I, I work in health center with Felicity. And the first thing out of Noel's mouth is Felicity. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does go on to say other stuff about Ruby, but like he clocked that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so you know, he's, he's not interested in having this conversation he really and he makes that very clear he's yeah, like it is not your business not a public conversation found, <laughs> yeah i found it interesting that um I, I, I don't know if they did this on purpose as as the writers but noel is able to say the word abortion mm-hmm. here and ruby struggles too Mm-hmm. Maybe she's feeling guilty over the idea of it. Yeah. And Noel's looking at it again in like a pragmatic, Practical. this is what it is. It's what's called kind of way. Um, I mean, he does that a couple times in this where she's like, how could this little stick tell you what you need to know in two minutes? He's like, well, you see there are chemicals, which, and you, <laughs> and you already were like, stop it. And I know. Ruby also was like, stop it. <laughs> um, like I'm just saying in the big picture, this stick Changes your life. (laughs) He's like, right, right, right. Got it. Um, Yeah. In this conversation, Noel gets defensive. And that's the end of it. It's like, we need out from this conversation. Leaves the money, leaves the bar. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to see this from the other angle. We're going to find Ruby crying in the bathroom with what's happening in the background. The freaking music. Freaking music. Um, (laughs) So Felicity comes up on Ruby in the bathroom, sees Ruby crying. She's like, what is going on with my advisee? Felicity asks, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Ruby's like, nope, pregnant. Yep. <laughs> and then, yep. They, then they needed to shoehorn this context back in there. So Ruby's like, I mean, did it ever happen to you? Felicity's like, no. Did you ever know anybody it happened to? And now Felicity is just like repeating the tale of her mom and dad. Yep. Oh, boy. Oh, man. This is triggering um, Felicity on a totally different level. And again, remember that she just came off this conversation in the slump where her mom was like, well, I stayed with your dad because I was pregnant with you, Felicity. Um, yeah. That she married. figures that out. Yep. And, you know, Felicity isn't feeling so great about where mm-hmm. those two have landed at this moment. And now she sees the younger version. You know, it's like she sees it playing out from the other side. It's like, what do I even say to these people? 
<laughs> like, yeah, you? she's answering the questions that are put in front of her, you know. She's saying, yeah, they split up. Um, don't know what's you know, going to happen I don't know. Them. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then Ruby here says, you know, I have an appointment for, you know, at mm-hmm. the health center. Yeah. And then she asks the question that I think everyone would be asking, right? Like, am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Like, and in all the many different contexts that can be taking in her brain at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Felicity, like Greg, said, I, you know, I can't answer that for you. Yeah, you that one's kind of sure. on you. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, what else are you supposed to say, really? I mean, it is her choice. It's it is not- her choice. And I feel like it's a very 90s and early 2000s and mid 2000s um, and probably 80s thing. I don't know if it was 80s, but like. I feel like in TV, a lot of the time is spent saying, you know, all everyone around you is supposed to say, like, you know, in the end, this is your decision. Right. Mm-hmm. And I like the Ruby's checking in with herself and her emotions and all of that. But it would be nice if she was able to find some sort of, you know, trusted person like her family or like, you know, I don't know if she has a spiritual advisor or someone that that actually is willing to talk to her about it and give her some guidance from their perspective. Yeah, I mean... Ruby is not a we don't Ruby's not a major enough character that we've got all these ancillary people in her life that we've met. So we kind of only know the people she's been in contact with from our core cast, which is pretty much Felicity and Noel. Um yeah, it's just hard to see like so like we've already seen another like pregnancy related thing with, with Julie. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard to to continue to see these without having the real depth of conversation around something that is so important. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine in like TV shows, I guess. Yeah. Um, I more just complex than they're making it out to be here. Exactly. I, yeah. And, and she needs a support system and frankly, um, she doesn't really want to bring this to her parents, which we're going to find out later. But I think you can imagine that that would be the case now. So it's sort of like, okay, well, who can who can you go to? Yeah. And um, yeah, they just haven't built out her world enough for us to see who she trusts. Yeah. And she's always gone to Felicity with questions about her relationship, you know? So it's like, oh, but in reality... Felicity should definitely not be making this decision for Ruby and neither should Greg. So um, it does need to come from her. And those two don't have direct experience with they anything don't. like this. So. Well, I don't know if Greg does, but like from a clinical perspective, mm-hmm. yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. But either one of them could have said, like, seek out <laughs> someone mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe talk to some people who have been through this maybe Mm -hmm. 
like join a support group for a week. Like, you know, um, I don't know, again, pet peeve of mine that, that everyone, the message always seems to be this very simple, it's your decision, mm-hmm. right? Without the follow-up of, you're asking me a real question here. Mm-hmm. Like, I may not be the right person to answer it for you, but that doesn't mean that you're alone in this. It doesn't mean that like you can't go out and and find people to talk to who know what like what they're talking about, who you are, like you know, what your values are and and how that all kind of comes together. Yeah. Totally fair. Totally fair. Um well, so the next Okay, so the next time we're going to see any of these people we've been talking about, we're going to see Felicity and Ben back at the center, the health center. Felicity is uh, (laughs) reluctantly, but with a spin, relaying Greg's message basically to Ben. She's like, well, look, Greg wants you to leave, but I'm not here to tell you to leave. I'm here to give you an Excel, uh, a book on Excel for dummies, because I think you've got this. Unfortunate. It was... I mean, I get it. Those books are everywhere, but come on, Felicity. Not, there must have been another book on Excel. Yeah, I don't know if the word dummies was indeed something you needed to put in front of Ben. We know that's yeah. a hot button issue. I remember a certain paper you rewrote. Okay. Uh, but Ben notes it. She's like, the, don't forget the dummies part, you know? And, and Ben's just like, you know what, though? It doesn't matter. I don't want to be here. He's like, I don't want to read the stupid dummy book. I don't need to prove anything to Greg anymore. Like, I don't want to be here. I quit. I I don't want to help anybody. And even when I try to, I can't. Which is him feeling a little bit sore about how it turned out with Noel. Um, But Felicity, when he says he doesn't want to be there, Felicity says, so why did you choose to work here? Mm -hmm. Which. Yeah, Ben doesn't really Why? answer <laughs> and if felicity really gave it a moment's thought she might come up with the answer but she's not doing that right now okay she's not she's not able to think about that all right so they're just moving on ben's gonna quit <laughs> yeah. it, was no just, answer. it was just yeah. one of those conversations where they're like just dancing around everything and he, I don't know. Ben's dancing. Felicity is like, I don't see it. I don't see it. <laughs> don't tell me about it. I don't want to hear about it. Don't whisper it in my ear. Just leave too alone. many, too much smoke and mirrors. Too you much. Successfully, you so sex, successfully obscured all your reasoning. <laughs> Back to the safe zone. Back to the safe zone. <laughs> like where I only Ollie, have Ollie to deal with my parents splitting up and the rest of my life. That's all. That's in the safe oh. zone. That's fine. That I can yeah. manage. <laughs> Oh my goodness, those two. Um, and then then we're gonna go back to another snippet. Noel and Ruby at the apartment, at Noel's apartment. Mm-hmm. All we get here is that Noel has no idea what to say or do. <laughs> I was I, like, okay, thanks for this yeah. scene. Um I took two things away from it. That was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh the second is that I hate all the wallpaper in their apartment. I'm so glad you mentioned that. All of it. The show is going to give you exactly what you want 
later Yay! on with the painting party. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's ugly. It is so ugly. Not only do you, like, the show knows it. They're going to call <laughs> it out and they're specifically... They're going to remediate. Going to have multiple episodes that address it. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Because they're not exactly efficient workers. So... <laughs> I mean, oh. fish. L- listen, folks, everybody listening, listeners, <laughs> how many things has fish called out that she needs to see that we <laughs> all know are going to get addressed today? I just want you to acknowledge the heroic act of silence that I am giving you. Um, <laughs> it is so appreciated. Oh, my goodness. You so are clearly... Clearly, the show did some things right here where it set up uh, some things that will pay off for you. Uh, yeah. It did some things wrong, like the music, but that's okay. Yes. No, it's not. Eh. Okay, it's not okay. We're, we're, <laughs> we're not going it's to be okay, okay with that. It is as okay as the Dear Sally tapes. <sighs> oh, boy. Well, so we right. go from this micro scene to another micro scene, still with Nolan Ruby where they're now walking to the health center. They're hand in hand. There's music in the background. And they they look like they're going to a funeral. I mean, they're wearing all black. They're really sad and serious. And they have this, I felt kind of a heartbreaking moment where they're separated by a woman holding a baby with with yeah, a really arms. bright hat. It's like the only piece of color, you know, in the scene. And both of them turn to look at the baby. Yeah. And they're walking slow motion. It's not super slow-mo, but they're walking in slow motion. And there's this, it's different piano music, but it's yeah. a more full sound. It's uh, better. It's, it's, I will take it. It is better. I think it highlighted the moment really well because, I mean, they weren't being subtle <laughs> about no. the signal yeah. they were giving us. Like, they're split apart by a woman and her baby. Okay. Um, yeah. Gotcha. So we <laughs> we see the point of it. And, yeah, you're right. They're both looking back. And if the walk already wasn't charged enough, probably yeah. added a layer to it. So... Now we're going to get to the health center where we're seeing Noel in the waiting room, waiting for Ruby to be done with her procedure. Felicity sees Noel. They see each other. So they, Noel knows that Felicity is there, that Felicity is witnessing this. Um, Felicity, but he doesn't know that she knows. Mm-mm. He certainly looks nervous. And Felicity looks like she's about to go talk to him, but like, I didn't see anything in his face where, where he was really even thinking that much about Felicity. He just like, knows he that she's observed this moment, I would say. Yeah. And like Felicity, it looks like you said, it looks like she wants to go say something, but she pauses because what to say, you know? And so there's this lingering moment where she's like, I don't know if I should approach him. And she doesn't even get that much time to linger in that because Ruby's going to interrupt by running out of the health center. She can't yeah. do it. She literally flees. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sounds a little hysterical. 
while while yeah. doing it. I don't know if that's the right word. I was gonna say like panicky, but panicky um, might be the right word. I think for that, yeah. She, I think they did this pretty effectively because this yeah. could have been a hot mess of a who was that blur that ran past the screen. Um, but I think we got just enough with that where we know exactly the vibe and what was just happening and where Ruby's head is. Um, she can't do it. Sorry, Noel. Yep. Noel runs after her. Yep. And then we get back to your favorite character. Yay, who? Pavone. I should have said earlier. Um, I'm loving this, like leather vest thing she's got going on she has a great outfit on there's a lot of leather in this episode like sean was wearing a leather jacket but there were a number of people who were like really pulling off um some great outfits but loving her makeup loving her hair loving like the outfit like she is fully put together now love her Hey, you know, I hadn't even noticed any of this before. So if any reason that you want to add to my love of Pavone, yeah, great. I'll take it. Um, I will love her even if you don't. I don't want you to feel pressured to love her. I just, I don't know. You She's the best. Um, Pavone has a conversation here with Felicity that I think at some points really satisfied you, though. Yeah. Yeah. Felicity is telling Pavone what's on her mind about the whole Nolan Ruby thing. Um, she first has to clarify that it's not about them. Because <laughs> so yeah. far, Dr. Pavone has pretty much seen the two of them, you know, and, and stuff about her parents. Yeah. Pavone pretty much assumes it's about Ben. She's like, it's not, it's not. It's, I just have a advisee. She's got a situation. Pavone's like, what's friend. the situation? Yeah. And Pavone's like, what's the situation? She's like, well, she's pregnant. Pavone says, that is a situation. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it is. And I made, I made Melissa like stop at this point, like pause, because we get this gorgeous view of the office with Felicity on one side and Dr. Pavone on the other with this like semicircle window. It's like an arch, and, a big arch window. Oh, it is so It's like a floor beautiful. to ceiling arched window. Yeah. Well, it's at least above the desk. I don't know. But it also isn't just an arched window that's like in a tight construction. It no, frames it's like a the semicircle. whole picture. Yeah, it's it goes amazing. from like side to side of the room. Mm -hmm. It's I was like, this They is were perfectly framed in it. It was really nice. Yeah. Now, it must have been hard with the lighting, but. Very. Especially since the light was coming in through the window. Yeah. Um, but it was gorgeous. And yeah. I would love to work in a place that looked like that. Yeah. I don't get quite the same view from my cubicle or, you know, home when remote. Yeah. But yeah. this conversation, so Felicity's now set up what the thing on her mind is. And so Ruby's Ruby's pregnant. Um, this is pretty much the first time Felicity is mentioning the idea of Noel to Pavone. 
And, but not really getting into for that reason. She's sharing it in the context of their problem. And she's saying, I just don't know what to say to Noel. And Pavone's like, well, what's so hard about it? And Felicity reveals that she's seeing her dad from however many years ago in Noel. Just you know, super creepy. It is. <laughs> um, that's the thing that you're going to want to unsee real quick. Yeah. I, I had to move <laughs> on from that very quickly. Very yeah. quickly. I, I mean, don't you know probably I... don't have as much of an issue with it, but I had to really quickly unsee that. Does that bear out in their personalities as, at all, or is this just the situation, do you think? I think uh, so far of what I have seen between the two of them. Um. I think it, it could. Uh, I mean, we have not seen amazing things from Noel. I don't know that her dad was probably like that supportive, and maybe it was because he was paralyzed. But like, what he's turned into is this, you know, kind of control freak sort of guy. I feel like I don't know. I, I maybe her dad doesn't quite have the same inherent misogynism that I tend to find that Noel does. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess I don't really see Noel as being that controlling. Um, he, he definitely has self-esteem issues, which can turn into controlling, which is why I do sort of see that link between the two if he doesn't like address could that be a younger version of felicity's dad before the major turning point of having you know, his wife his eventual wife getting pregnant and getting married yeah mm. but you got to remember like her mom kind of i mean did what was expected i guess it seems like like mm -hmm. she didn't it doesn't seem like she pushed to continue to have a career and all that kind of stuff. Like she quit school. She didn't finish. She married her dad. She raised her kids. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there wasn't any, didn't seem like there was a lot of pushback. And that seems to be something that her mother now it's, regrets. Yeah. She's regretting that now. Well, I mean, Felicity is definitely marking this as well. This is where, but the potential turning point was for my parents. And here I'm watching Noel and Ruby encounter this very moment. I don't know what to say to them. And Pavone keeps it real. Cause, cause Felicity is like, you know, maybe, maybe they shouldn't have had me. Maybe they should have done their own thing. Maybe they shouldn't have gotten together. Maybe they, my mom should have done her own thing. Pavone's like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, what do you want? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Not the answer Felicity thought she was going to get, you know, but yeah. she's like, what am I supposed to tell you? That's your parents. It's their journey. Yeah. Finds the point. she says, don't be paralyzed by maybe. You know, mm. just gotta, I feel like, like Dr. Pavone drops a few like nuggets of gold here. Mm -hmm. um, she says, you know, empathy is good. Uh, so, it, you know, it's good that you wanted to to go talk to Noel and, and like feel for him 
but the guilt is bad. Like, just leave it. Leave it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just be there for Noel. And she says, this is not about you. Exactly. Which Fish is cheered. The f- what I have been saying all of season one. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, not about you. Yeah, Fish let out her version of a hip hip hooray um, yes. <laughs> as we were watching that. Yes. Um, and I was like, aha, one more point for Pavone. Um, yes, it was. Yes. She says, leave your baggage, all this stuff with your parents and everything, out. And just go be his friend. Yeah. And she'll have an opportunity to do that too, sweet. So we're going to see Noel the TA. Back in the classroom with no Ruby. Nope. And he's so distracted. He's just like, everybody go home. Everybody go. Yeah. I don't know how long those sessions were, but there were 40 minutes left. So I'm guessing you talked at most 15 minutes, maybe. Or possibly one minute. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um yeah, hard to say, hard to say how long those sessions actually were, but he's now just in this room with no class to teach and Felicity drops by. Yep. Ruby's MIA and uh and Noah's is letting her know, letting Felicity know, you know, I haven't seen her since. I, I tried calling, she says she's not coming. Like I don't know. Yeah. Felicity starts by apologizing for not talking to him sooner. She spends a little too much time on making it about her. Yeah. I knew that you would feel that way. <laughs> I was like, seriously, seriously, you just got the answer. Yeah. Instead of being like, how are you doing? Noel? She's like, I'm sorry. I just didn't know what to say. I, I apologize. I should have talked to you earlier. It's like, I, 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 um, Hey, Noel jumps in though because nobody asked him. So he had to jump in and be like, (laughs) yeah, I thought this was really good. I thought the writing here was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, He says he's scared of himself. Mm. He is scared because he, because Ruby might have this baby and he is not capable of handling that, which he has very clearly shown and and he's like ruby can handle it i know she can like i can see it in her i can't he's it's very interesting what he says here he says ruby is stronger than than she thinks she is Mm -hmm. i'm the opposite i i often um feel stronger than I really am. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a little bit of this like multiple personality syndrome uh, that he has because it's like he does have respect for Ruby and, and women, but at the same time, also in many ways doesn't. And then he's got his own like insecurity issues mm-hmm. that come out both in telling himself that he's not able to do it and that that she is ruby is um 
I don't know. He's he's I, uh, one thing I do. Re- another thing I really like about the show is that the characters are complex. Like mm-hmm. I do think. Felicity and Ben and Noel are just getting more and more complex. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. that. I um, love that about the show. And they let, yeah. they give them a lot of room to, to get all these jagged edges. Um, and, you know, and they give us long dialogue filled scenes with them to help us unpack all of it. And I mean, look, we're spending we watch 42 minutes of episode <laughs> and we are consistently finding three to four hours of things to talk about with it. So, you know, not every show would give you that much to play with. And I mean, most shows we watch do just because we're like that. Yeah, we do like that. <laughs> but, I, and I think that's one is special. I do think that's where like, you know, and we've talked about this before. So there's, I don't think there's a need to unpack it in detail again, but I, you know, when I think, when I thought back on this show, maybe before this rewatch, I kind of thought they were trying to present to us Ben's the bad boy, Noel's the good guy, like this very clean box. And you start to see really quickly, especially when you're looking at it in the detail that we are, nobody's good or bad in this show. They're just giving us people and they behave well. Sometimes they behave badly. Sometimes they're motivated by different things. And there is not a clear cut this is the good relationship. This is the good, like, it's just people. Yeah. And I, I actually think that fits really well right here with what I was about to say about Felicity. So I've been going on and on about how Ruby is the perfect person for Noel, right? Mm -hmm. Because she's like sweet and supportive and all that kind of stuff. And Felicity is a little more complicated than that, right? But in this moment, right here, Felicity does exactly what Noel needs. Mm-hmm. She, she does. I think she does it a, a little differently than Ruby. But it, just because I think we know more about Felicity, it feels fuller mm-hmm. as kind of a speech to him, mm-hmm. and it feels very genuine as opposed to maybe just kind of surface level accepting that he's going to take care of things. And it feels very lived in. Yeah. She's had a lot of time to experience some some moments of life with him, some important ones. So her pep talk feels like it's coming from a place that, that where she knows. Yeah. She can really say this to him and and be very genuine about it and be very like have the experience to bring to it and say, look, Ruby can only do this because you're there because of you. Like I wouldn't have gotten through all the stuff I went through. You are capable. You are intelligent. You are resourceful. You don't know how amazing you are. I thought this was, a fantastic speech from Felicity and could she be more one note like this? She and Noel would be great together. Mm. <laughs> I don't think that's the way it's going to work out, but yeah, this right now in this moment, just being so genuine and appreciative 
and supportive, mm-hmm. I give her like a million points of credit. Yeah. And I think Noel hears it and also isn't ready Noel to hear it. hear it. Like yeah. he's, he's like, it sort of registers. And then he's immediately like, I don't feel amazing. Yeah. But I don't think, I think it got in there a little, you know, like I think the fact that it came from her probably meant something to him, but um, you know, this is why pep talks are needed when you feel this low, <laughs> you know, I mean, like this is where he's at. He's that's a moment. He needs the pep talk. That's for sure. Um, yeah. If she can't do it, I don't, I really don't know who'd be able to pull him out of this because not going to be Ben. Yeah. Well, now we get to the big Pockbell scene <laughs> of, that I've teased, even though uh, it was not enough to tease, really. But it's hey, it is. no, it is. I I appreciate it uh, very much. And I love this scene with yeah, Pavone and Ben. <laughs> exactly. So we have Ben and we have Dr. Pavone alone at last. And the first thing that happens is she's there smoking and he coughs. It's just this disdainful, like, (laughs) like it's the cough you make when you're trying to tell somebody to stop smoking, but you don't want to tell them to stop smoking. And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it was different than that. I I feel like if you wanted to tell her to stop smoking, he would. This cough is, I feel like there was more behind it. It was, (laughs) an undermining cough it was a cough that said you know i shouldn't be here you have nothing to give like i think less of you as a person i feel like there was a lot in this cough wow who knew scott speedman was such a good cough actor (laughs) I mean, there's scream acting, there's cry acting, and I guess there's cough acting. And running into walls. I mean, there yeah. are certain things he does better than others. Yeah. And cough acting and running into walls, mm-hmm. literally, yeah. are two of them. Well, so Ben is now called upon to explain why he's leaving the health center. He For one thing, what he wants. Yeah, for one thing, he's doing it because Greg is a jerk. The guy who runs a place, jerk. Jerk. Uh, And second, like, it's not really what I want to do. Pavone's like, ah, so what do you want to do? And's like, don't know. Not not (laughs) sure. Not sure what I want to do. And then she uses her felicity tactic here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, hey. Uh, it's Paco Bell. What like do you think it? of that? That music that's playing <laughs> in the background. Yeah. Tell me what you think. Catches him off guard by just taking him totally off topic and being like, Paco Bell, huh? Yeah. That's tough. She's like, most people like the cannons. and kind of like the sweets. And he's just like, uh, it's fine. Well, she specifically asks him, what do you think about it? Yeah. And he's like, and it's fine. Yeah. And she she's like, oh, that. come on. That's not what you, like, what do you think about it? She's like, come on, give it to me. Like, you hate it, right? You hate it. 
And he's just like, yeah, it's elevator music. And she lets him have it. She's like, <laughs> elevator music? You cliche. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm taking this CD out right now. I'm throwing it at you. You go home and you listen to this and then you come back and you tell me it's elevator music. Yeah, it's his homework. It um, is like not related in any way, shape or form to what he is there for. I liked it though, like <laughs> as a, it was actually, it seemed to me like a trust building moment because yeah. the way that you just repeated it, it sounds like it could have been like berating, but it wasn't, yeah. it was playful. I was, actually wrote for the rest of this, even, even in this part, I kind of wrote that they were a little flirty. Oh. Like, I don't think it's going anywhere, but I think that was part of her trust building thing with him was to let him be charming and to pretend to be charmed by him. And then in those moments, maybe when he, you know, he, he thought he was, he was charming her and like, he has the upper hand, boom, she drops something on him. Yeah. And the thing is, okay, this guy is in your office. He's not there because he wants to be there. He's not there because he knows you and he trusts you. He's there because he has to be there. So, um, you know, her jumping right in directly for the, what do you want to do with your life, Ben? It's a sensitive issue. It's a big topic. And obviously one that there's a lot under the surface. If she just even scratches so lightly, she'll see that. And she's probably already seen that. So hitting it head on, straight for that before she has his trust is probably not going to be that productive. But what I like about this total aside with the Pachelbel stuff is that she's like, tell me what you really think in this safe space, like about this topic that's totally irrelevant, that doesn't matter. I want your opinion. I want, what do you really think? And then he's like, fine. And she's like, you have more to say than that about Pachelbel. like you know like it's such a thing that does not matter and so being able to get him to have a moment of true honesty even if it directly isn't like her opinion or if she doesn't agree with it and then her being able to play it off and joke with him about it it I think sort of val it's maybe it gives him that bit more courage later that yes. he can say what he's really thinking. Um, I don't know. I do want to put a, a pin in this and let us also come back to this late in a later scene. Ooh, okay. Um, in the rest of this scene, though, Pavone says, all right, she switches back off of Bogleville. She's like, okay, it's like a misdirect. It's mm-hmm. like the magic trick or she's like, look at Pachelbel. Okay, now. <laughs> yeah. And again, that's where I thought she was being like a little, you know, flirty, let him be charming, let, let him do the smile and say the elevator music. And, and then you, blam, know. you have to choose your community service. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this time she says, don't base your decision on what Felicity is doing. Base it on what you want. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> But he just said he doesn't know what he wants. Mm -hmm. And she's like, stop following the girl. Mm -hmm. 
And he's like, look, this is what I want. I want to swim. And she's like, got it. Got the message. You're a fish. Ah! Not an option. <laughs> I just picked that up. He's not a fish. You're a fish. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're the we fish. We can both be fishes. I guess you can. Um, it's not an option. Yeah. Uh, she, and he's just going to keep blathering on. She's like, I can't take this self-pity anymore. And she labels well, it like that. Even before that, though, I like this. She says, I've looked at your grades. Mm. They're not bad. You know what they are? They're average. You're not. And then he says, well, what if I am? Mm-hmm. And that's when she's like, okay, pity party. Like, I can't take it. Get out of here. Yeah. The and she labels it, she doesn't soften it one bitch. Like, I stop it. I can't do this self-pity thing anymore. It's like, we can't with this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's I like, thought that whole part was a little flirty. I felt like it was more playing it off. It was like, all right, you know, self-pity, get out of here. Like, you're above average. Come on. Yeah. And I think, I think it was... I don't know. I think she's just doing all these different things to try to coax him into like, you're so much more. <laughs> like, yeah. let's you, see your full potential. Yeah. Like, what what are you doing? Like, you may not know what you're doing, but you can find that out. Like, let's start. Let's start that process. Don't keep doing this. Um, you're better yeah. than that. <laughs> find find something else to do. This one not working for you. Mm-hmm. And as Ben is walking out of her office, she makes a comment like, you know, everybody needs to figure out who they are at some point. Yep. And I liked that line, too, because it was sort of like, uh, you're not alone in this journey, Ben. Yeah. This is something everybody goes through. You can do this. You should do this because you have all this potential. So it's like a challenge to him, but you're right. In like a playful way, she is getting him to like, it's like, buck up, man. Like, now's the time. She has a much lighter touch with him Mm -hmm. than she does with Felicity. Felicity walks into her office and she's like ready to cry on her shoulder, right? Like, it's a different, um, you know, with the first time, not when she was really harsh with her it was felicity being completely unemotional Mm. right Mm -hmm. and then dr pavone like poking and poking and poking and you know what does it feel like to be the good little girl because it's as annoying the resistance i think was coming from a different place from those two characters you know like felicity is like habitually uh reserved about her feelings she's like even maybe hiding, suppressing her feelings from herself, which is the point of suppressing. Um, <laughs> ben just doesn't care. He's yeah, pathetic. It's his coping mechanism, I think, to be like, I if this isn't working, that I don't care about it anymore. And I, yeah. I think this is Pavone saying, "Well, you should care because you're you could be so great." Yeah. Now go so listen I agree. to Pavone. I like I like how she deals with them differently. Yeah. Yeah, it brings out a fun side to this character too, like put the Pavone character when you get to see her interacting with these two. It um you get to see her have these really deep 
heavy scenes with Felicity so far. And now we're getting to see um, that she can, she can play it out of somebody too. Yeah. She can also pull off a leather uh, vest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But um, so you enjoyed yeah. this next part. Very much so. The next scene that we're going to have, the, the, I like the way you call the micro scene. Yeah. The little micro scene that we're going to get is Ben is looking for Felicity. Mm-hmm. And he goes to knock on the door. Her dorm door. Yeah. And who opens it? Her roommate. Yeah. And Ben is uh, standing there. Megan looks at him and goes, oh, it's you. How 90s. Mm-hmm. So I guess this was uh, this was done in the 2000s. This so was February of 2000. That there this you aired. go. So Although they right probably after. shot it in the 90s. <laughs> yes, but they knew when we when the audience would see it. Yeah. And I'm giving this an award here for 90s reference that keeps getting more relevant with time mm-hmm. because absolutely, like. If you see Scott Speedman in the Ben role, mm-hmm. everything about it is so 90s from like yeah. the hair to the lighting to the show he's in. Like, <laughs> oh my God. It's it's like, you know, Dawson and his, uh, what were they called? Those uh, cargo pants. Oh. Like, I mean... You can't get more 90s. So award given. Yeah. Felicity walks up on them. Ben's still outside the door. Megan's kind of blocking the door. (laughs) Felicity walks up from the hallway. Mm, Ben wants to talk to her. She's like, okay, you want to go in the room? And Ben and Megan look at each other like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Simultaneous, no. Yeah, they're uh, going to have another roof conversation instead. Love that. Yeah. I enjoy the roof conversations. Um, and they're deep. deep. Yeah, they always have deep conversations on the roof, those two. Um, I was just thinking something else, and a series of people who are listening are going to scream it, but I can't scream it right now. So um, Ben is going to sort of open open up this conversation by apologizing which i don't know if he really needed to do that but he yeah. said he, you know he's saying i was at the health center because of you well he's apologizing for the way he left i mean he wasn't exactly mr nice guy he was like i quit and like left and was mad yeah he was that's like true. i'm sorry about the way i left okay fair this enough was not my thing yeah. i was there because of you yeah which Felicity again still not really ready to unpack a statement like that. She's like, "Because of me." Um, <laughs> he backs it. He backs it off. Like yeah. he he's like, "No, no, like I'm not, you know, saying I'm in love with you and like proposing and having kids right now." No, he doesn't say any of that. He's just yeah. like, "Well, that's what I'm saying." He like he backs off and he's like, "Look, all I'm all I'm saying." about like me being there because of you is that, you know, I see things in you that I wish I had, like 
purpose and caring about things. Mm-hmm. And Felicity kind of tries to wave it away with like, I have no clue what I want. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, you care about this health center. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I want. Like, I want to care about something. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to go after. Yeah. And then Felicity brings up a, another point. She's like, you know, it was, she says it was nice of him to talk to Noel. Yeah. And Ben's like, oh, that was a mistake. That was a screw up. Yeah. Which, you know, we're going to find out later that 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 the fact that Ben did that with Noel opens up the chance for Noel to have a conversation with Ben about it. So it won't actually be a mistake from a story standpoint. Um, Legal ramifications might be another thing altogether, but uh, (laughs) like Ben does not have the privilege of knowing that that will happen in the future. So in this moment, he's like, I just kind of poked the bear. Well, at least he wasn't useful. And then he got mad about it in along with everything else when he quit. And yeah, but I do think Felicity. if he really gave it a moment's thought, because Felicity was saying it was nice of you to talk to Noel, Felicity would have only known that because Noel told her. And Felicity's interpretation was that that was a nice thing for Ben to do. Mm-hmm. So it's Noel, it can't probably. be that like, if he really thought about that, it's unlikely that Noel was just railing about Ben having yeah. talked to him. You know, like Noel probably reprocessed that information and um, it came out now from Felicity that it was a good thing what you did. But Ben, you know, doesn't have the confirmation from that from the full circle. So I don't know what he does with that. Yeah. He thinks it's true. Mm-hmm. Remember that pin that we put in Paco Bell? Sure. Yeah, let's let's take that out. Okay. Um, that was a pin so taken remember... out. Oh, very nice. Liked it. Um, <laughs> it was a very aggressive pin <laughs> taken out. It was sort of like a suction cup pin. It was more like a suction um, cup. Yeah. <laughs> good. Um, you may have invented something here. Ah. Uh, so remember when Dr. Pavone was like give me your real opinions on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does he do? He goes to Felicity and is like, you listen to Paco Bell. Um, remember Dr. Pavone was like, stop following the girl. Like this is like, figure out yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not, he's not so much following that advice. He's like, do you listen to Paco Bell? And she's like, yeah, bet. He does say, you know, he's good. I mean, I guess that's his opinion. Yeah, he's he's putting this down as he's pretty. It's pretty good. He's pretty good. To yeah. Felicity, she's like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, but just saying, the well, purpose I, of the CD was not to bring him together to have a conversation with Felicity about it. Yeah, you know, he's using it as a tool. Right, a um, tool to do exactly the opposite of what Dr. Pavone told him to do. Yeah, well, I mean, it just goes to show you, I mean, I was telling you that he's been, he's he's definitely thinking about Felicity in a lot of his movements uh, now. And we're seeing it happen more and more. I do think, um, uh, like, 
I don't think Ben is thinking about it this way, but you know, in the way that we've just unpacked it, that Pavone was probably using it as a tool to trust build with Ben. And in a way, you know, he's sort of doing that here. Um, He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, I kind of feel like he doesn't really know how he feels about it and is, again, reaching out to Felicity to kind of get her take on it for yeah. his own homework with Dr. Pavone. Yeah. <laughs> like, can I get your paper? Yeah. Well, I'm going to turn this into a note from an optimist. Oh, all right. Um, bonding over Paco Bell. Bonding <laughs> over classical music, because classical music can be such a great conversation piece to get people's real thoughts and their feelings and to deepen a relationship. And we're seeing, you know, we're seeing that really come to the forefront here at the back half of season two. But if you're going to bond over something, why not classical? Why not specifically? That, that's my thought. I know from an optimist, it can be a wonderful Rorschach test, a wonderful tool to get people thinking. I hate classical music. Listeners, this was strictly to rile up fish. <laughs> no. <laughs> that I hate classical music. It makes but me see angry. how much closer that brings us together now that I know. <laughs> it angers me. It makes me like I am triggered from my childhood trauma. I need to go listen to some Megadeth now. I hate classical music. I hate it. So that is why you should not bond with people over classical music. Is it's terrible devil music. Don't do it. Listeners, I suspected this might be the reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I could see in your face you were baiting me. Like, let me have a note from an optimist that is all about getting fish to rant. Yes, that's my a only note there. Note from an optimist. I was also was. using Paco Bell as a tool. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. it's one of the greatest heists I've ever pulled off, guys. Okay, that so it's yeah. getting used all over the place. Yeah. And as if that wasn't enough. Uh huh. Freaking scene. Yep. Back music with Ruby and Noel. Mm-hmm. Noel is now sharing his three-year cycle theory. You really dip every three years in life. That's my that's my thought. Do 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 do. do. We dip every three years. Do do. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. The it's reason you didn't it. hear me say anything for a while there is I was silently screaming. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Um, this part's interesting. It is. It did not feel like a real, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't feel like Ruby. I mean, I I guess we don't know her very well, but this would not have been what I thought she felt. Um, I'm just deciding, like, how much I want to say to you about this. So the thing that we're, we're not saying, because we're doing great podcasting here by not talking about a thing to talk about it. Um, 
Ruby well, so, okay. says. So, yeah, so Noel says there's a three-year cycle. You get a dip or a crisis every three years. Ruby then says, I feel like I've been dipping forever. I feel the same as I did when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this, this girl has been positive and supportive and has not seemed depressed, has like has seemed happy and has seemed happy in her relationship with Noel. And, you know, she was happy about this movie. She's like, that's why I went to go see the movie. I went to go do, do the movie, movie and, and she, still nothing has changed. She says specifically, I think I did the movie to get a sign. Right. And now I know my purpose. I'm supposed to have this baby. Um, <clears throat> Fish. Uh-huh. Your question earlier about, we haven't heard them talk about when this baby was conceived. Yeah. Links up with this. Oh. Is this not Noel's baby? I'm going to let you ponder that. Seems like you just said it. I did just say it, but (laughs) she's, it's a really weird, like, this line is one that I, I just don't want it to go unrecognized huh. because it means probably something different to her when it's coming out of her mouth in this moment. And uh, it doesn't get to us, but she says, I did this movie to get a sign. Maybe yeah. she got one and maybe she's already interpreting it. And there, I mean, you know, who's to say, that it isn't her purpose. I mean, if she's the one checking in with herself, mm-hmm. she knows herself better, I guess, than than anyone else would. So if that was her sign and this is her purpose, it just, I don't know, the, the dipping forever, you know, in constant crisis since she was 15 just did not ring true yeah i don't know if we're ever gonna get um any clarification on that to be honest with you i think i don't even really want to take the fact that she hasn't like brought her parents into this yet in this episode um i don't even really want to take that as a sign of that because i mean it's all one episode so i don't know what it's supposed to like probably everybody would be reluctant to share this information with parents so early on um, in a situation like this. So I don't know if it really would even say anything about that. I don't think that we're ever really going to get more backstory on that. I think there are a couple things that are written into the Ruby plot line that don't totally work for me. That's probably one of them. The comment about Zara's, you know, having a quiz for the Zara's Russia <laughs> class is another one. It's just like, eh, kind of lazy. Yeah, we could have come up with a new class or just said the word class. Mm -hmm. Um, I did notice how, however, that it felt to me like after she said this, you know, we then get a shot of Noel's face. Yeah. And to me, it read panic. I wrote fear. Yeah. Yeah. And we hovered in the same area because she seems really certain when she delivers this. Well, 
does she say maybe it's my purpose or does she say like i think it is my purpose but she does seem like she's i think i'm supposed to have mind. this baby i mean yeah is it a hundred percent maybe not but boy this sounds like 90 Italy, yeah um and i think noel can hear that that the tenor has shifted in her voice and um you know if you're identifying this as your purpose right what is noel supposed to say you know so it's like am i supposed to take her purpose away from her well i mean what's his move you know he's already i mean yes he i feel like he's tried to undermine this but like he has said multiple times like i'm gonna be there like mm-hmm. we like we're gonna be okay yeah. um he hasn't he hasn't really followed through with that in this episode as much but i kind of hope it's become more real that's that. for sure yeah i mean well we're gonna have to see where where he lands with it next time we see him because they certainly just leave us hanging on that here but you see it all over his face ruby's feeling more comfortable in her her path She's feeling uh, more or at least resolved about her path. And now Noel's like, oh, scramble. Um, And he is going to have to figure out what to do, what to do with all this information. Um, It's a lot. Well, he's got to answer all his own questions now. Yeah. That's probably not helpful. Yeah. (laughs) And he's... uh regretting the fact he brought all those up now yep he is deeply aware of what he has to face um so that's all the stuff with those characters but we do have some julie eric sean stuff that do you want to start getting into that i'm a ton with those things yeah there's not not too much but um yeah let's let's hit it uh by just talking about uh, okay fine the first thing that we see is julie practicing in front of the mirror to talk to the music executives but this is this is the lightest that this storyline is going to be yeah but let's let's forget that for Mm -hmm. the moment and just really focus in on what is important here which is sean's facial hair oh I didn't oh even my goodness. notice. Oh my goodness. He's growing <laughs> a goatee. He oh. has the mustache with the kind of sort of fill in and the like, oh my God, he has a goatee for the whole episode. How are you? How did you not notice that? It's a goatee. I'm, I'd like to change my note from an optimist to bonding <laughs> over goatees. <laughs> firing on all cylinders today um i did not notice how (laughs) i regret my actions i apologize you should i think i i mean i know i certainly must have made a noise or i think i went oh my god like the second we saw his face oh okay Okay. Well, right. uh, well, that's the important part of of this entire sure. actually episode. Oh, 
the um, whole episode. Okay, yeah, I see your point. Episode. I see your point. So <laughs> yeah. in this scene, Julie is in a mirror practicing her saying hello to the pop rocks exec. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, where Sean creeps up on her from behind and he's like, see, you can see him in the mirror yeah. watching her talking yeah. to herself in the mirror. And then he asked your dress. I was like, you don't see somebody else in there. Do you? Yeah, no, he's, he is a, a stalking goatee coming up behind her. She's nervous. I had a little bit of a problem with the lighting in this scene because the lighting he had a giant goatee on his face. But I had, I was more distracted by the fact that the lighting coming on the side of Julie's face made her nose look really broken. I was I more concerned for her that. safety. Did You didn't notice that or you did? I did. It was weird, right? Like. It's probably just what her nose looks like. I think it's just the way the light was hitting it. Because it was really lit up on one side and not on the other, but it created a strain. It looked, it looked crooked to the yeah. point where you're like, are you going to get that checked? Yeah, it did. <laughs> I was like, gasp, Julie's face is broken. <laughs> and then you were worried yeah. about the goatee. We came at it from an aesthetic angle versus a safety angle. That's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, mine is clearly the safety angle um okay. it is not safe wow okay at all well there you have it you grow a goatee that looks like that okay. or any anything that looks like that no well, so sean's gonna get to the root of why this is all happening and finds out okay julie is nervous she's getting prepped because tomorrow she's she's going to meet the head of pop rocks with eric and um so she's prepping this is part of her prep process she's getting ready for the introduction Yep. And Sean's supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's um, he's like, try it out on me. Yeah, I didn't take any other notes besides the goatee. So this oh, is okay. So this is all me. <laughs> Got it. Sean's being supportive. He's like, test it out on me. Let's try. Let's try doing a role play. So uh, Julie introduces herself, and he's like, "You're signed, Betty. Can we have those contracts?" Like he's just he makes her laugh. He lightens the mood, and then he finds out. This meeting is tomorrow. Like yeah. she's going to be doing this for many, many, many hours. <laughs> He's like, okay, you go do your thing. <laughs> I'm going to be over here. That's the move. So that's what happened in the rest of the scene aside from his goatee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next time we see Julie, she's finally at that meeting. Yes. Um, with Eric, so Julie and Eric are sitting down. Did you say the guy's name was Larry? Larry. Mm-hmm. Sorry for anyone who um, watches Impractical Jokers. Oh. Yes, uh, yes, his name is Larry. Okay, Larry's the guy who's the head of Pop Rocks. He's not really into it. He doesn't think Julie's a good fit. He's like, I thought Puddle of Grace was okay. That he's like the Puddle song. She's like yeah. Puddle of Grace. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's not headed in a good direction when somebody says like the puddle song. Um, well, all the whole way along, he's just like, it was nice. And he, it was nice and nice. And you're just like, nice is not a compliment here, is it? Yeah, that's definitely an insult. Yeah. 
And then he's like, nice isn't a good fit for Pop Rocks. And then Eric goes to bat and he's like, nope, bet against your gut. She's the real deal. This is, you need to do this. And I wrote down, is this a con? I kind of feel like Eric and Larry do this sometimes. You think? I have a feeling they feel like bros. They feel like, it feels like, you know, a perfect setup for Eric to just like, you know, you got everything falling into place. You got him standing up for her, it working out like a a party coming up that night, Mm -hmm. you know, Larry specifically calling Eric out. It's on your head. Yeah. This felt very much like a worked out con. Interesting. They do. I hadn't really seen it that way, but I can see that you could read it that way. Um, But yeah, the Larry backs down. He says, all right, we'll give you a shot. See you at the crush party tonight. And she's, she's going to make a record now. Yeah, it's exciting. It's very exciting. She, I did notice at this point that she had gotten a haircut, um, which isn't great. But that's just a side note. It it is not anywhere near as bad as the goatee. Yeah. She's going to make a record. I guess at this point, it's a verbal agreement. We don't see her actually sign anything, but a verbal agreement should still be binding. So, um, I'm, I would think that. (laughs) with all of the language that goes into music contracts that there would be any number of clauses in a normal music contract that would allow them to get out of making a record Mm, fair enough fair enough so yeah uh things take a turn for a worse for the worse here um so we're gonna we're gonna see these two again julie and eric back at the loft after the crush party They've been drinking. Well, Julie has definitely has. been drinking. Yeah, I couldn't tell with Eric. He seemed kind of in control, actually. Yeah. Um, so when I went back and read the script on this part, they cut a big, very important piece out of this scene. Did they? What, what did they cut out? So they come into the room... You know, they were at the party, her roommates are out, yay, they, you know, land out on the comfy couch. And you see Julie get really panicky, right, when they're kissing. Mm-hmm. And then she just kind of says, like, wait, like, and kicks him off, and he gets kind of mad. And she's like, get out of here, right? Mm-hmm. They cut this whole section where... So they are, they were there kissing, and then she says, Zach, Zach, get off. She does say that in the episode. Oh, I didn't hear that. No, she said it. She's, okay. It I was it. low at first, because he's in the middle of kissing her, and she's like, Zach, Zach. And then she, like, oh, builds I- her voice, and she's like, get off yeah. of me, in a louder voice. She does. She does say all that, and he says... Who's Zach? So he does say, okay. Yeah. Because I totally missed every every mention about Zach. 
Yeah, because yeah, who's Zach? Who are you talking about? And she's like, get off me. He's like, I'm off you. What are you talking about? And, yeah, and she makes him leave. <laughs> yeah, all that happened in this scene. And you're meant okay. to see. She looked triggered from the beginning because he was kissing yes. her pretty aggressively. And kind of well, the way he was Zach on used to top be. of her. Yeah, right? he was I mean, like, that's also ready to go. And she couldn't go anywhere. Right. Yeah. So she was basically in exactly the position that she described to yes. um, the, the doctor who who checked her out after the rape. Yeah. Um, she's basically in the position she was describing to that woman. So with this guy. And so I think you could instantly see that she was uncomfortable and she was triggered. And when she says the word Zach, you know, she's been taken all the way back there. Except I didn't hear the word Zach. It was said three times. I didn't hear it at all. Yeah, she, she definitely did. And then I think, honestly, I don't even know if he would have stopped, except he was so confused by her calling him Zach, to be honest. Like that seemed like it was pretty hard. And she does, but. It does say in the script, um, like Eric jumps off of the sofa. Yeah, pretty much around the time she calls him Zach. You know, he's like, "Who's uh, Zach?" And then she tells she she says, "You know, get off." Um, and then he jumps back. And I wonder, not that we'll ever see this scene play out a different way, but I wonder if because she up until that point had been saying, "Wait." Stop. Yeah. Like she, she was saying many things that should have made him pause, and he yeah. didn't pause until she called him by a new name and then said, "Get off of me." And like, I wonder if he hadn't had that confusion. Like, who's like, what's this Zach character, and why? Like, I think that changed the mood for him enough that he actually listened to that because I don't know. This was going down a really bad path. Again. Yeah. But, and he is pissed. Yeah. Like when he is standing there, like he is really pissed. Yeah. Um, and not that Julie ever needs to explain, but like, he's never going to figure out who Zach was. And thankfully he's not another Zach in that moment. Uh, he was like, this close. I mean, Ugh. my love of Adam Rodriguez, notwithstanding, that's not okay. Yeah. 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 Adam Rodriguez is one entity. Eric, right. This guy, Eric, is another entity. Um, Acting. Acting is, is not reality. Like, yeah. Right. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, Julie is sort of, yeah. She wants him out. She needs him out. She's fully she's triggered. Full panic mode. Yeah, she's she's fully fully panicked. Um, the next time we see anything with this, this is so sad. So she's yeah. on the phone with Eric. Sean yeah. also overhears this. Um, Eric's in the middle of breaking the deal on the phone. Yeah. And Julie's upset. Her whole dream is slipping through her fingers. She's she's trying to sort of backpedal and soften it. Um, as much as she can, but she really is not able to solve it. Like Eric's just done. Like he was in this for one thing and one thing only. Julie is not going to give it to her. He's out. Probably hurt pride. I don't know. Um, so 
nothing that Julie can say here is going to make a dent. He's he's called to break this thing off, and she's well, just kind of left holding the bag. I don't know that there was nothing that she could say. I just think she wasn't willing to say it, mm. which is a very good thing. Yeah. So if you you think if she had been like, I will sleep with you, Eric. Um, yeah. If she had said, you know, look, this is what happened with Zach. And she had explained herself and she said, like, you know, I really am over it and I do have feelings for you and, you know, let's try again. Um, but what she does instead is she she says to Sean, you were right. You know, mm-hmm. he was trying to make a move on me. Um, well, she and- says you were right to Sean and then Sean says, so he made a move. Um, so she goes part of the way there. He goes the rest of the way. And then Julie takes it all, you know, like she starts running with that ball. It was my fault. Well, you know, so, but it, she, I, if she had stopped after it was my fault, that would have been one, that would have been like even worse, I guess. But what she says is it was my fault for kissing him. Like, I didn't want him to feel rejected. So she's not really actually this time saying it's my fault that like he didn't stop and like had it been, you know, a rape thing, you know, she she's at least qualifying it. Uh, I don't think that this situation requires her qualification in any way, shape or form, though. I think um, kissing does not equal an invitation for sex. And absolutely not. So but like, I, but I think that's the point is she's not saying it was her fault for all of it. She's just saying that she keeps going here in ways that don't, don't feel good to me, like in terms of her evaluation of it. So she's like, you know, yeah. he's, she's saying how he really went to bat for her and she owes him so much and she feels bad. Like, and Sean is able to be the voice that I needed somebody to say to her in this moment where he's, he like, Comes down to her level. He sits down on the couch and he next to her. Giant goatee in her face. (laughs) I just swear, like, this scene is so amazing. Why would you ruin it? Why? Okay. Okay. Um, hmm. So Sean switches level. He's next to her on the couch and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not about like he's basically saying it's not your fault either. It was always about something other than the music, and this guy was a creep. Or if it was about your music, it was about your music. So you owe him nothing. Exactly. Like either either way you slice this, you've done nothing wrong here. Yeah, I mean i I agree. What she says is not right and blaming herself and all that stuff. I do feel like she's made a little bit of progress from the Zach moment when she thought that the rape was her fault and that she just does this to men. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not fully there, but I see a little bit of pros- you know, progress here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I think it was framed in a different way where she thought, you know, he's been so good to me. I, I, you know, maybe I owed it to him. Um, or maybe he thought I did. Like, I think that she's coming from that angle instead, but I still think that she's missing the point of like, 
uh, it should just always be consensual. And in these, yeah. all these situations that you end up in where it's not, not your fault. That's not an issue for you. That's an issue for the guy to look at. You're unfortunately having to deal with the aftermath. But like yeah, I was saying, it does end up being an issue for you. Not only because the guy is, you know, trying some, something with you, but now she also has to deal with the fact that she doesn't have a record deal. Yeah. What a bummer. Um, yeah. Man, really we... uncool Adam Rodriguez's character. Not yeah. Adam Rodriguez. Yeah, I know. Well, Fish, would you like to head into the what the glove did they say segment? Yeah, I'm just, are we ever going to see Eric again? Because I, I feel like. Don't think so. No. Okay. Because I feel like something that I would feel very satisfied by would be like Sean punching him. No. No, I don't think we ever see Eric again. And I think that was very much the point of them doing that, like, break the deal over the phone yeah, sort of thing. That's kind of what I was I thinking. Think he's not interested to be back in front of her at any point. And I was going to ask if Sean shaves the goatee, but... Who knows? It's going to be a mystery. Yep. That's okay. the that's the thing. Oh, All right, Fish. burns go to and just saying anyway <laughs> here we go with the what the club did they say segment yay we have our our wonderful intro music mm -hmm. um all right so i found two um i'm just gonna go in order the first one is when we've got uh ben and felicity and dr pallone all sitting and having a meeting together talking about why they're there and ben says expelled come on it was no and dr pavone says no it was drinking it was while drunk i mean you were there do you remember that or were you too drunk Ben says, no, I remember. So, caught. We have to remember. Felicity's father is not happy about this. This is an extension from the last What the Glove. Uh, just continuing to talk about the aftermath of, uh, of the Felicity and, and Ben. All drunk. Yeah. And again, the second one is Dr. Pavone and Ben. Uh -huh. This is in their their one on one, mm -hmm. and uh, Doctor Bavone says, "This is elevator music. You are such a cliche. Here, take this to it a few times, then say it's elevator music." Ben says, "Okay." You wouldn't to elevator music, you know? No, but apparently to talk about. Mm hmm Okay. The series. Wow. Whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. Those were really special. Weren't they? Yeah. Well, that was the <laughs> what the club did they say segment. Yep. And this. now for our favorite segment. 
After you listen to this tape, you have to erase it. Yay. Where we share feedback from all of you who are listening. And this one is a bit of a potpourri. And I'm going to call this one love and hate. Oh. Um, We recently got some significant love that we want that. Gosh. I mean, it was amazing. We got this wonderful review. Also get some hate. No, we didn't get hate, but but oh, things about okay. the show got hate, and I was going to okay. share that. Uh, can you imagine? Wow! It was like, yeah, there's a hate mail. Let me read it word for word. Um, probably not doing that. We don't get hate mail, folks. Actually, frankly, that's um, not an invitation. It's not an invitation. <laughs> Although, I mean, there's some really cool people uh, that have found this podcast and that we found because they found the podcast and we want to thank you all. And that's why we do this segment because mm-hmm. this is immortalized for all mm-hmm. of us. Um, we, so we got this review from Jekka Zip, I think is how you would say that. Here's, here's how it goes. The sweaters, the hair, the love triangle, the nineties nostalgia. What's not to love. This podcast covers my favorite TV series of all time with such detailed, thoughtful, insightful discussions of each episode and fun segments. Melissa and Fish do a superb job of breaking down each episode and discussing plot, character motivations and development, and story arcs, while bringing a modern perspective and commentary on the show 20 plus years later. I love revisiting the series episodically through the podcast and hearing how Melissa and Fish differ in their interpretation of scenes. Their dynamic is delightful playful and friendly and their voices are distinguishable i love i look forward to the podcast coming out each week and i'm excited to get more involved by sending some emails for the after you read this you have to erase it segment yes so meta um i'm thrilled (laughs) i'm thrilled there is a smart podcast about this little show in 2022 that i can delve into since felicity is my soulmate and carrie russell is my feminine icon felicity and ben forever um check a zip you're the best. Yes. And we cannot wait for any emails, any, you know, stuff on Instagram. Um, maybe you have a different handle on Instagram and you're already writing. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think we've seen this name on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was really nice. Left it on um, an Apple podcast, which I know is probably the easiest place to to or if you a lot of the other ones don't let you yeah I'll do, like, um, make some of them do a rating but not a, not a review um and i preempted you because whether you do emails or not we already read this but <laughs> i love i mean we've had so many new insights brought to us about the show through feedback so mm-hmm. it's like really cool to see all the different angles that you can look at this show through and um i mean yeah, it's been, it's so nice to hear uh, that, first of all, people are willing to sit through three and four hour long podcasts <laughs> and that, you know, the depth that we're going into is unearthing new stuff for people who love this show. Um, it certainly has for me. Yeah, me too. So definitely appreciate all that. We we love you. And that was That was the love part of this little segment that we're doing today. And I just wanted to bring out a few things to emphasize some hate, not new hate necessarily. Um, (laughs) But I thought it would be a good balance. And I wanted to, you know, drop in a few things from people that we haven't heard from 
much, but you know, maybe, and maybe we're a little past some of these segments, but uh, I want to give them their due. Yeah. On David and Felicity. <laughs> at, look, this is a very simple statement. At Moon Balloons 80 says, hated them together. <laughs> That's all we need at Moon Agreed. Balloons 80. Agree. Absolutely. I didn't realize. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to tie a comment together after this next one at Vanessa. So about help for the love Lauren Uh (laughs) at Vanessa Manet says, I literally refuse to watch this one creeps me out. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to put this out there about you and me fish. (laughs) Um, you so far are the only person I've encountered who is willing to give help for the love Lauren about the benefit of the doubt. Yep. In fact, you liked it. You went even further. You really liked it. I gave it a 9.5. You sure did. I, on the other hand, might be the only person we've ever encountered who's willing to give David the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) So guys, you either love us or hate us. And it looks like both you and I, Fish, are prepared to give Greg some amount of benefit of the doubt here. And I don't know how popular that's going to be. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, (laughs) Also, I'm going to throw one more into the hate column here. So we heard from... Okay, so we asked a question on Instagram. I I showed some some screenshots of the really awkward lunch between Felicity's dad, Felicity, and her friends. And I just said, you know, would you want to be here? (laughs) <laughs> is the free food worth it yeah um at colleen.tenbus says i would put ned he reads a ned for edward to me in his place all of that's in caps after the free meal very good I well mean, played brava yeah brava because not only do you get you know to rip him off with the money, um, then he should be put in his place. Yeah. And who's better to do it than Colleen Dottenbus? Somebody's got to. Yeah. And, you know, I enjoy, I don't know all the context that Colleen has for the name Ned, <laughs> but she has renamed Edward Porter to embody all of what she thinks of the name Ned. That's so true. that was that was bold. That's I'm trying to think of going. other famous Neds, and the only one I can think of is Ned Flanders, <laughs> who, fair <laughs> enough, kind of the devil. Um, How about Needlenose Ned from Ground uh, Groundhog Day? Ah, yes, yes. Uh, we haven't come up with any redeeming Neds so far, but if your name oh. is Ned, or if you know a Ned that you think, hey, Ned shouldn't oh, be given a name like I this. I do know a Ned. Do you? I do, and he's lovely. Oh. Um, okay, well, we'll just put him to the side, because his name isn't Ned, uh, actually Edward. It's just Ned. <laughs> I don't know if that makes it better. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we're just we're working through the theory here with you, Colleen. Uh, but I feel you, and I feel you're all caps, and I just... <laughs> You know, it's, um, we've had all the whole spectrum today. We've had love, we've had hate, we've had all of it. And we, we appreciate every bit. 
Yeah, I would, I would say something like Eddie boy or something like that, but I can't because every time I think of Eddie, I think of meatloaf in Rocky horror and I'm so sad and meatloaf, you know, recently passed and, Oh, I love two out of three ain't bad, which is amazing. And everyone should go listen to it now and never, ever listen to classical music. You're welcome. Fish would do anything for love, but you wouldn't do that. Um, It's not as good as two out of three ain't bad, but mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, folks, thank you so much for all the feedback that you share. I'm going to flip to this part here because it makes sense. Uh, go ahead, send us your feedback or Felicity fan art or anything. If you have something to say about Felicity, we want to hear it. Yeah, Write us at the Melissa fish at gmail.com. It's Melissa with one L two S's the Melissa fish at gmail.com. You can find all of these cool people at Felicity podcast on Instagram. Lots of fun conversations happening there. And then if you want to be informed uh, when we drop a new podcast, you can go ahead and sign up for our newsletter, which if you look wherever you're listening to this podcast, chances are you'll see something written up about it. It's at the bottom of that. The link is in the show notes. And then, you know, if you want to help other Felicity fans find our podcast, help build this community and make new friends yourself along the way, hopefully, uh, go ahead, rate or review us on wherever you're listening to this podcast, if that is an option for you. Uh, like I said, it just helps new, more people find the podcast as they go searching for Felicity content. So those are all the things. Fish, it's time to rate this episode. It is in fact. We have arrived at that time. Did you want to mm -hmm. open it up or did you want me to start? I think I can go for this one. Okay. Um, so there were a lot of scenes that I really liked. And like, I'm so far on board with the whole Dr. Pavone love. Mm -hmm. like she, she is bringing quite a lot <laughs> to my enjoyment of the show. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. I just, I love the way that she is. She's dealing with Ben and, you know, in, in a different way than Felicity. Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 I like Greg. Like, I like the whole situation that's happening mm -hmm. right now um, with, with Greg and Ben and Felicity and the roof scene I like the way that Ben expressed himself. I like how he's getting closer um, to Felicity in what seems to be a much deeper way. Mm -hmm. um, I love, love every millisecond of Megan being in this episode mm -hmm. uh, and the call out to Ben not being able to be a fish, although he'd love to. Unfortunately, it does get some some markdowns, like the two major things being the music. And say it with me, people. The goatee. The goatee. Yeah. Not okay. Okay. Um, really not okay. So those two, yeah, definitely gonna get marked down for that. I don't think that. I really don't think the acting was bad with Ruby and Noel. I think it was just the music. So 
can't really knock, knock it too far for that. Um, ben is again saying Javier right mm-hmm. instead of saying Javier. Sorry, Javier. Um, so, oh man, it's like up and down and up and down and up and down. But I really, because of those major things, I, I can't give it more than a 6.5. Okay. I really should give it a six, but you know, I missed the whole, I missed the whole Zach part and that confused me. So I will, I will give it the benefit of the doubt from 6.5. That part was definitely aired in the episode for sure. Um, Yeah. Okay. So 6.5 out of 10 gloves for you. So for me, uh, I rated this episode in Taco Bell songs. Of course you did. At least there wasn't any goatees. Well, I didn't notice that. Um, <laughs> if I if I rated it in Taco Bell songs and goatees, how would you feel about that? Uh, so, <sighs> yeah. Well, okay. Uh, I'm I'm, ra- I'm rating this one at a five point five out of ten Taco Bell wow. songs. Um, you know, as we obviously unpacked this in great detail, and there was a lot of things to say, there were a lot of really positive things to say. And it's also hard to forget that my vibe around this episode is low for a reason. So it's not an episode that I look forward to coming back to. And it's because of a lot of these Ruby and Noel scenes. And I think we've directly attributed that now to the music, maybe some dialogue, um, you know, some of the writing, but, and I, and I think that um, some of the writing around Ruby is a little lazy in terms of trying to maintain uh, little details that don't necessarily line up. So big ones, like, her entire life from 15 to now. Yeah. So there's just stuff there with the writing for her. And, but for me, when I think about anytime I have thought about those scenes with Noel and Ruby, I just think, Oh, what a slog to get through those. Mm-hmm. And watching it this time, I suppose was a gift to me because I was able to look at it and be like, you know what? These actors actually did a pretty good job with what they were given. And I wonder had it been edited differently or if the music behind it was just different, it might make me feel completely different about this, but it doesn't really change the fact that when I look at this coming up in the epi- list of episodes, I'm like, Meh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had it at a five, I bumped it up to a 5.5 because I think the acting deserves a little bit more. Um, but it's not a, one of the strongest episodes of the back half of season two for me by far. Um, there's a lot of th- things that I'm looking forward to. This episode is kind of a little bit of a chore for me, unfortunately. Um, but I am glad that we watched this together because I was actually far more impressed with Amy Smart and with Scott Foley's stuff when I really looked at it under fun with, you know, really inspected it. I was like, you know, they did okay. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's where I landed. 5.5 out of 10 pockball songs. You had 6.5 out of 10 gloves. Not too far off. Yeah. I mean, it's been interesting that, I don't know. I feel like in season one, you generally were higher than me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And in season two, there have definitely been a number of episodes where I have rated it higher than you. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's a little bit of a mix there, actually, to be honest. I'm just looking at the actual reviews. Um, I'm not sure one. that's bearing out a ton. Definitely the fourth episode uh, that was that the depths. Yeah, he I likes really that a lot that more one. than I did. Yeah. Um, and of course, we know how I felt about Helpful Lovelorn. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I also think I rated 10 and 12 higher than you. The 10 was only by 0.1. But still. And this And one. 12 was only by 0.3. But again, still higher. Yeah. So true. this is four episodes in a row Whoa. that I have rated it higher than you. <laughs> yeah. So true. Wow. How about that? How yeah. about that? Well, I know where my That's 10 true. is in this season. So not that I have a 10 in every season, but if you were to, if I, you were to ask me to name my two favorite episodes of Felicity, I know where they are. Um, so I've only found one 10 so far. Tom yeah. Tom. And that was what the Tom okay. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> Loved it. Wild. It. You blew my mind when you threw the 10 out for that one. I, my oh. mind was blown. Um, Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what we have coming up next, Fish? I don't. It's an episode called True Colors. True Colors. What do you think that's about? Um, I have a feeling it's going to be about somebody's true colors. Um, who's true colors? Let me think. Um, too soon for Ben. Felicity, we know. Uh, Julie, no. Eric's gone. Sean, no. No. Ooh, ooh, her parents could be back. It could be her dad. I think it's the true colors of her dad. He does his little, little, I don't know, shift in personality. He doesn't care anymore how great she is. And, and he, he's just a total dick. Wow. Um, okay. Listeners, that's we're my recording prediction. this. That's Fish's prediction. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anyone else who like would make some big reveal about their personality. I still feel somewhere that he is just like to the core a dick, and he he hasn't been super dickish lately. Okay, well that's the prediction. I'm loving it. Loving it. And that's everything we have to say, I think, about this one, right, Fish? Is there anything we missed? Um, yeah, no, can't. Uh, I mean, there's plenty that you missed, Goatee. Um, but no, no, no more. Okay. Well, until next time, Fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.